Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel and the Romero's Living Dead Retrospective Podcast, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films, albums, and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Hello and welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel, where every single Friday we take you for another installment in a classic horror retrospective franchise. Right now we're going through all of Romero's Living Dead films. I've been your host, Al White, and joining me is Haruka Abe. Hiya! And Christina Masterson. Hiya! <laughs> I fucking, I knew as soon as she said that. <laughs> you jumped in there before fault. I could. <laughs> Uh, a little racist, but fine. We are dealing this <laughs> week with Dawn of the Dead, the true sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Last week we did The Crazies, and if you want to know why we were crazy enough to do that film, then go back to last week's podcast and listen to it. This week, Dawn of the Dead, it was released, well, most people think 1978. That is what IMDb will tell you. That is a lie. It was released in 1978, but only in Italy. It was released everywhere else, uh, 1979 in the US is its proper release date. It gets an 8 out of 10 on the old IMDb, which is extraordinarily high for a film that's been out so long. Wow. It really is, no matter a horror film. Directed by George A. Romero, of course. Written this time by only George A. Romero. Cinematography by a guy called Michael Gornick, who had worked with Romero on a previous film called Martin, uh, which we'll get to in a second. And we'll go on to do uh, cinematography on his next few films. Music. Well, it depends which version of this film that you watch, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Starring David M.G. Sure. M.G. I don't know. E.M.G. <laughs> David M.G. as uh, Stephen, who I'm going to be calling either Flyboy or Hugh Laurie. We can decide which one we want. He's been in The Booby Hatch, which was The Booby film. Hatch. Ooh. Yeah, so Romero and his pals from Night of the Living Dead kind of split ways a little bit, and gradually that became more and more not a happy parting of ways, shall we say. Uh, the Booby Hatch was a film that his other team, the the old other members of Night of the Living Dead, were doing. Uh, they were doing sort of sex comedies and stuff like that. <laughs> this actor would also go on to be in Basket Case 2 and Hellmaster. We've got Ken Foree, who's now a real horror stalwart. Uh, he plays Peter. He would go on to work in Knight Riders for George Romero. He's also in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, so we've talked about him in that film in our retrospective of Texas Chainsaw. He's in The Devil's Rejects, a Rob Zombie movie, Mm -hmm. and in the Halloween remake, which we're going to be getting to later this year. Not this new Halloween remake, but the last Halloween remake. (laughs) Scott H. Reiniger, I think. So many confusing names. He (laughs) plays Roger who I like to call Nosferatu, because that's how he looks for most of this movie. Uh, He's also in George Romero's Knight Riders that come out after this. Galen Ross as Francine. She would go on to be in the slasher movie Madman and also in Romero and Stephen King's Creepshow. And Richard France, who most people wouldn't talk about, but I want to talk about, because that's right, sexy beardy scientist man from The Crazies is back. (laughs) I love this man. So, this movie cost $650,000 to make, which nowadays would be about $2.5 million. 
This movie made a whole bunch of money. It made 55 million worldwide. This wow. is a huge, huge success, this film. But before we get to more details, we do like to look at the landscape of the year. We're dealing with a little year called 1978. Christina has a panicky look on her face. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Christina's going to take us through the box office of the top 10 films of that year. Unless, as always, there's anything that means something to you that's somewhere else in that list. Not that I notice right now. Okie dokie. Okay. Number 10, California Suite. Never even heard of it. Me too. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, Convoy. You never heard of that either. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, Hopper. I've heard of that. I haven't seen it. No, I haven't heard of it. Okay. <laughs> Number seven, me too. Halloween. Oh. We've there heard we of go. this. We'll, yes. My one of my absolute favorite films of all time. We'll be covering that later this year. Okay. Number six. Heaven Can't Wait. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a new film called Heaven Can't Wait, but this is not that is obviously. It? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. And I don't have like, I don't know any of the actors in it. So in any of these, so I can't really help you guys out to jog your memories. We don't want any help. (laughs) Number five, every which way but loose. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I've heard this title a lot. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Mm. Number four, you've seen this, Mm. National Lampoon's Animal House. (laughs) I like how you, (laughs) how do you know I've seen National Lampoon's Animal House? Everybody's seen that. I don't think I've seen you know, it. I haven't either. Good? You know? oh. <laughs> well, but everybody knows, knows it, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Number three, Jaws 2. Jaws nice. 2. Okay. Number two. Yeah, I mean, it's basically a remake of the first one, but not as good. Mm. Sorry. Number two, Superman. Oh, Ooh. wow. Okay. So this is real. I mean, that's the, the first Superman film really is the first proper big you know, budget mm-hmm. cinematic superhero movie. So that's a big deal. Mm. The OG. Because they're still doing pretty well, I hear. <laughs> so that's the very first one, Al? Yeah, really. I mean, there were ones before, but that was the one okay. that really changed the landscape of superhero movies. And so. number one, everybody's favorite. Does anybody know? Can anybody guess? 1978. No. Oh, oh, well, 78, Alien? No. Haruka, you want to guess? Only one guess, Al. Oh, shit. I don't know. Apocalypse now. Oh, Grease. Oh, nice. (laughs) And just to throw in there, number 19 was The Lord of the Rings. Oh, the original. We all know that one. Mm-hmm. That, that was the animated thing that they oh. only they got halfway through doing it. Yeah, yeah. There was one part of it, and then they never made the second yeah. half. Oh. And no- wow, that charted. Oh, wow. shoot. I clicked on something. Darn it. And number 20 was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh. Yay. We've covered that. Yeah. In our retrospective. Let's see if there's anything else we know. Oh, man. So I should have known this because that means I would have covered this. <laughs> <laughs> I did and not recognize. Our movie, Dawn of the Dead, isn't in the top 42. So I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, it was a success, but I think it took time. time. Like it really built yeah. and built uh-huh. and built and built and built. But it was a good success to begin with, but mm-hmm. it really became massive later on. Right. Thank you very much, Christina. You are welcome. How do we go? What <laughs> yes. horror films were coming out in 1978? We know Halloween's there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is what that. Else? But we also have 
Attack of the Killer Tomatoes or Tomatoes. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I have a weird soft spot for that film. And the third one, is it the third one? I think it's the third one. It's the uh, one of the very first roles that George Clooney's in. Oh, oh really? wow. Yeah. Is that the one where, the like, role. which one's the one where they have, like, like bunch of tomatoes rolling down the hill. Is that the first one? Oh, that's the... the first one, yeah. Ah. They literally just roll tomatoes down the hill and then overdub this sound and going... Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then we also got Damien the Omen 2. Mm-hmm, it's the mm-hmm. second one. And yeah, then... there's a whole bunch of omens. Oh, yeah. We yeah. also have The Grapes of Wrath. Okay, yeah. I Spit on Your Grave. Rude. Oh. <laughs> I feel like they recently remade that. They did. Really? They've done three oh. new ones for a spit on your grave. So that was really getting into exploitation becoming a thing, which was partly because of Dawn of the Dead, actually. Like, you know, exploitation could be seen as potentially art films, but a lot of them, you know, were not, obviously. Mm-hmm. A spit on your grave. You got Last House on the Left. You've got, you know, what the stuff mm. Wes Craven was about to do, The Hills of Eyes, which mm. are pretty horrible. Pretty horrible, nasty yeah. place, to be honest. I've been to the place where they filmed The Hills Have Eyes. Ooh. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's creepy. Yeah, it is. I want to go there. Oh. That sounds cool. Okay, we also have the aforementioned Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Jaws 2, yeah. Martin. Is that a horror film? Martin. That's, that's Romero. That is George oh, is Romero. Oh. So, yeah, she had two films out. Again, we're covering 1978 here because officially that is when this movie came out, but it didn't hit America until 79. Mm-hmm. But he had Martin out in 1978. Oh, wow. His version of a vampire film. Oh. And it is very weird, very sort of arty. And yeah, I don't know if I like it or not. I know some people really love this film and some people hate it. It's definitely interesting, mm-hmm. which is. Something. Something. At least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We also have uh, Piranha. Oh, yeah. Real exploitation. Piranha. That's Roger Corman joint. And that is a whole bunch of stupid fun. Ah, the Toolbox Murders. By the way, sorry. Piranha oh. 2 mm-hmm. called Flying or Spawn or something like that uh, is the first film that James Cameron directed. Why? Wow. Yeah. Interesting. And the Toolbox Murders, yeah, that was a really horrible exploitation film. Mm. Like that. Mm. And then someone's favorite film, Halloween. The best. The, the best. And that's it. What a movie. Excellent. Thank you very much, Haruka. You're very welcome. So, yeah, we're in with sort of the dawn of slashes is about to turn up uh, with Halloween. That is really the, the flag bearer. And then it wasn't until a couple of years later, 1980, when the slasher boom went insane. And there were way more slasher films than there are comic book movies coming out now. It's hard for people to understand how many slasher films were made in the 80s. But we're still like we're at the tail end of some spookies. We got some sequels going on in there with like monster creatures still and exploitation stuff. So where does Dawn of the Dead fit into all of that stuff? So George Romero, this is 10 years after the first film. He hadn't necessarily intended uh, to return to this. Now he was, it really basically came from him being invited by his friend Mark Mason to a backstage tour of a recently completed Monroeville Mall. And he had turned to Romero and said, this would be a perfect place to hole up in an emergency, which gave Romero the kernel of an idea for this film. Meanwhile, there's a whole movement of horror that's happening at this time in Italy, which a lot of people are very, fashion- very, very passionate about. It was going to turn into the Giallo films, which would then inspire the slasher films of the 80s in America. And Dario Argento was one of the lead people over there with films like Phenomena and Suspiria and these very artistic, very bold cinematography 
lots of sort of fashion sort of imagery going on and lots of violence like they didn't shy away from their gore in the european horror um, but they did it in a more artful way so Dario Argento was a big fan of Romero so they became kind of friends of each other's work and fans of each other's work and then when he found out that Romero was thinking about making a sequel tonight Argento insisted that he came to Rome as a getaway retreat to like write the sequel so Romero flew over and ended up writing the script for Dawn Dead in about three weeks and now a lot of people think that this is more of an Argento film it's really not he didn't really interfere he advised he would read you know the script and kind of help out with some advice here and there but he wasn't involved in the active writing of dawn of the dead however argento did help provide a lot of the film's soundtrack which we're going to get to and he wanted the rights to release the film in europe with his own edit so he basically said to romero look i will help you raise funds to make this movie if you'll let me do my own edit that you can't interfere with you then release in europe Mm -hmm. uh, which romero agreed to and this ended up really being, that's why there are three versions of this movie that you can see. So there's the theatrical cut, which is what we all watched. And that is really the normal standard version of this film. Uh, there is a longer version of this film. Oh God, how can it get, get longer? <laughs> <laughs> there's a longer one, which is seen, it's called the director's cut, but it is not the director's cut. It was the f- one of the first work cuts, basically, that Romero had to submit to Cannes, I believe it was. So that's longer, but it's not seen as his preferred version. Mm-hmm. And the one difference with that one is, so it's, sorry, in the theatrical cut, there's a mix of music. What you have is Dario Gento doing music for it. And then there's this Italian prog rock band called Goblin, who at that time were called the Goblins. <laughs> and they were kind of like shepherded by Dario Gento. And they're a big, big deal. Like people are very passionate about the Goblin soundtrack. And you'll definitely know the bits in the film where you hear that. So Romero used some of their music, but then he also went back to that library thing he did with Night of the Living Dead and used other people's banked library music as well. When Argento got to do his cut, he actually cut the film down. So his is the shortest version of the cut, mm. taking out a lot of stuff. Uh, it actually makes a lot of scenes not make sense. He cut out some things where you're like, why would you cut out that one sentence? <laughs> because now that scene doesn't make sense. It was kind of a weird cut. Right. And he took out all of the library music and added in just Goblin music. <laughs> so it's actually way more prog rocky throughout. And it is beloved in Europe, that cut. So then the director's cut, what Romero did was actually take out almost all of the Goblin music <laughs> and put in, put in just kind of, yeah, library music. <laughs> So they do give three different tones to the film, I find, with the music. But yeah, we chose to... I've seen all of them a few times. I would recommend a theatrical cut. For me, it is the director's vision, uh, which is always going to be the version I want to see. And for me, it's the right length. I think the director's cut is too long. And I think the shorter cut is a bit of a... Not a mess, but it doesn't work as well, uh, personally. So shot at Monroeville Mall. So we have to remember, before you go into this film, malls were a new thing in 1978. Mm. Uh, there's a line we're going to get to at the beginning here where they say, what is that? And people <laughs> wouldn't necessarily have known what it was. Like, right. malls were a new thing. Uh, that form of capitalism was going to really rise throughout the 80s. So this was in Pennsylvania. And at the time of shooting, I believe at the time of shooting, this was the biggest mall in America. Wow. And it does look big yeah and it had some great stores in there yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure well stocked <laughs> they should preserve malls over the decades for people just to go thrift, mm-hmm. thrift shopping at later so do people still like do pilgrimages to that 
mold, do you think? think? Yes. Yes, they do. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is still, like, it is arguably the most famous mall in cinema. Right. Of how big this film became. Yeah, so they actually shot this over four months from the winter of 1977 into 78. But they had a three-week break during Christmas time because they didn't have the budget to remove and replace the Christmas decorations every time <laughs> they're shooting. <laughs> but it's kind of interesting because then what they got to do is shoot a whole bunch, go away for a month, start editing that, mm. and then see what they had and then come back. And there's a very interesting documentary called That's Document great. of the Dead. And you can see Romero... He's very relaxed. He's a very chilled out. He's a huge guy, but very relaxed director and definitely very sophisticated in how he's thinking about things, whether he gets that across or not, as we're going to discuss. But yeah, he kind of came back and approached things differently. He was a lot more freestyle when he came back um, and was getting people to improv things a bit more and, you know, allowing to come up with stuff that more organically. Um, and most people in the crew said it was a very different feel after the break to before the break. Mm. And the way they would shoot, which I always find interesting, is filming would begin at 10 p.m. And then it would finish at 6 a.m. They'd have everything reset by 7. And then the mall would open at 9. Now, you might ask, why then the gap? So they're only shooting for, what's that, eight hours? You know, a night? So not big, big, not huge days for a Mm -hmm. film shoot. Mm -hmm. But why then do they need to stop at 6 if the mall didn't open at 9, you might want to ask. (laughs) <laughs> the reason is they could have filmed longer, but at 6 a.m. every day, automatic music would come on in the mall. Oh and my no one God. And the crew could figure out how to turn it off. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't ask the owner of the mall or something, yeah. but they just they never figured it out. So I think they used that as a good excuse for all right, eight hour days. That's our shooting schedule. <laughs> Fair enough. They got a good rate on this mall as well, because like we said, Romero was a friend. Oh, with this guy who was ah. one of the owners. It's a fucking, I mean, to me, I remember learning about that when I was first watched this movie before I even went to film school. And I just, that was one of the things that made me want to make movies. So I just sounds so awesome to get to run around with your friends at night in a closed down mall <laughs> shooting these independent movies. Like, it just sounds like loads of fun. Yeah. So Tom Savini, we talked briefly about him last time. He was meant to do Night of Living Dead. And then he was meant to do The Crazies, but went off on actual Vietnam world tour He's now known as one of the greatest uh, artists in visual effects. He came to finally work with Romero here on Dawn. And he was using his time that he served in Vietnam as a combat photographer to recreate what he had seen in the movie. He wanted to do everything very realistically. Romero wanted to create a comic book, basically. That's what he Mm. said he wanted to do here. He wanted things to be stylistic. Savini was upset with how bright the blood looked, but Romero liked that. Yeah. And... Since the movie didn't have the money to hire professional stunt people, Savini and its assistant, uh, Stavrakis, I think his name, did pretty much all of the stunts themselves. And yeah, and also Savini, he wanted, you might be asking like, as soon as you watch this movie, why did the zombies look the way they look? Mm -hmm. Which is very blue gray. Yes. Yeah, blue green. Blue green. More like it. Well, so this was a decision Tom Savini made early on was he thought long and hard about it. And he was like, well, Night of the Living Dead was in black and white. I want to continue with the zombies feeling like they're almost black and white. So he actually Mm -hmm. used very, very gray makeup. But when he saw the rushes coming through, he realized they were looking more blue than gray. And (laughs) it upset him greatly. It was bad. Um, It It was terrible. Because a lot of the other effects and makeup was pretty good. But Mm. the blue... 
green was really bad. It's an impossible thing for some people with this film. I know that. Like, I've had friends watch it where they just find the zombies look too silly, so mm-hmm. they can't take it seriously. Yeah. For me, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, it, it's so widespread. It's like, this is an artistic expression and it doesn't work literally, but I take it as... It's kind of like watching theater, you know? It's like someone's right. holding something uh-huh. and you're like, all right, that's what they're using to represent what this is, even though that's not really how it should look. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, I was really thrown off by it, but then I just kind of got used to it. Because I had yeah. a lot of time yeah. to get used to it. Two and a yeah, half hours to get used to it. So, Same. <laughs> I'm sensing a tone. <laughs> and very finally, the original title for this film was indeed Dawn of the Living Dead. Because you might be asking, well, why, why did the Living Dead get a go from this series? Uh, but Romero and his previous friends, like we said, Russo and people, they parted ways. So they had an agreement. The Russo and his friends got to keep the Living Dead moniker mm. for future films, and Romero got to keep just dead. Now, the year before this film, you might say you got the bum deal. <laughs> but the year before this film came out, Russo, John Russo, who was really like, he had a lot of the main ideas for Night Living Dead, if you remember, uh, he wrote a novel which was called Return of the Living Dead, which was his sequel. Tonight of the Living Dead. And that came out a, a year before this movie came out. And they would eventually go on to turn that into a feature film in 1985. But we'll get to that next week when we deal with Day of the Dead, because it actually came out the same year as Romero's follow up to this. So, yeah, there's, there's some heated kind of rivalry that's beginning here between mm. him and his previous partners from Night of the Living Dead. But anyway, here we are, talk about Dawn of the Dead. I'm going to say it right now, I'm not saying my opinion, but factually, just one of the most beloved horror films of all time night of the living dead is critically respected um but the public a lot of people love it but it tends to be more the art house crowd you know dawn Mm -hmm. of the dead is a fan pleaser this is a film which gets so much love from horror fans and then has a small sliver of people who just really really hate it so let's find out which side (laughs) of the fence all right so we're opening on a red wall uh, like really, really close on the Red Bull. Mm-hmm. And we have our lead lady who is Galen Ross playing Francine. Again, I didn't get her name for much of this movie. But we have Francine asleep, having nightmares. And we got our very first line in this movie is the shit's really hit the fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the very first one line was you're right. And the second line was shit really hit the fan. So, yeah, yeah. it was uh, true. <laughs> intense beginning. Yeah, we're straight in it. We're in mm-hmm. like a newscaster station and everybody's arguing and shouting at each other. We got like a scientist being interviewed who's yeah, discussing the kind of reality of the situation and what they're going to do about it. And like we're immediately getting to see Francine in a positive light in that she's told that they're putting up lists of rescue stations on this channel, but that a lot of them are already out of date. Mm-hmm. And we immediately get a very Romero theme for me, which is the corporation saying we have to keep like telling people where to go on the air otherwise they'll change channel and she's trying to say we have to take them off the air because these aren't accurate and we're sending people to die basically which is an immediately a romero kind of theme of yeah what, what the government's essentially telling you or what the man or the boss is telling you and then what the little person is telling you mm-hmm. and i think it like it's it's kind of it's again it's a pretty smart way to make you immediately understand she's what side of the moral compass she's on mm-hmm. and to throw you like there's no wind up here like you're in it straight yeah. away from the beginning it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh the crazies you know just like the chaos mm. but better 
You know, like <laughs> from the beginning, the acting's already a little better. The chaos is not as annoying.、Um, I do think that that whole like the it was a little long. Like I got it. You know, I'm like,、mm-hmm. I, okay, I get it. It's chaos. And then the, they threw like paper. Did you see? Like two times, there was like this like dramatic paper throwing. Like,、yeah. oh my god, there's so <laughs>、right. much chaos. Throw the paper. <laughs> We don't need these notes. Oh <laughs>、uh, yeah. So I kind of, I, I kind of liked it, but I kind of was like, oh no, how long is this gonna be? Because I already knew <laughs> that I... the movie was like two and a half hours. I was like, oh man. <laughs> Are they gonna move the on? <laughs> people is it gonna、papers. be like the crazies where you just keep cutting back to people arguing in a room again for the rest、yeah. of the two and a half hours? I actually I hated the acting from the get go. Like this is so much worse than the crazies. What?、Oh, really? Are you? Yeah. I was like, oh god, this is a little better than the crazies. I think it's so much better than the crazies.、Really? I mean, and this is the reason for me why I wanted people to watch the crazies. Because yeah, I'm glad you pointed out straight away. Because I think there's a lot that is informed from Night Living Dead with like the newscasting and stuff from that, and then combining that with what he did in, or tried to do in the crazies. Yeah, this for was... me is him putting those two worlds together and making it work. Exactly,、uh, it's not perfect,、mm-hmm. but it's really effective for me, and it's a great opening. And yeah,、mm-hmm. Haruka, I was what we were watching it together, and I could、mm-hmm. see you just like looking distasteful straight away,、yeah. and I was like, "Oh boy, all right." <laughs> <laughs> you I, liked Crazy the most like last the week. I did like the Crazy. <laughs> This one, I hated it at first, and it kind of grew on me, you yeah, know,、okay. as I was watching it. But I was really worried at first. I mean, I was like, <laughs> "Okay, this is better than the Crazies already," but I'm still really worried. Is it going to be repeating too yeah, much、mm-hmm. of what you didn't like last week? But how? I mean, Haruka, like honestly, like <laughs> just the characters. I'm immediately introduced to a character that I can understand and sympathize with, who makes smart decisions.、Mm-hmm. Whereas with the crazies, it's just like everyone's fucking shouting at each other, and then you got this fireman who I just couldn't care less about straight away. It was like, yeah, there's no but- one in that. That oh, weren't the cops really funny? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the two cops,、oh、my God, the cops. That one blonde young cop that's just like in the corner with his arms crossed, and then I think one of the newscasters like do something, and he's just like, "I'm out of here." Oh yes, and then yeah, the other one with like a like what is it called? A mustache、like、a handlebar, handlebar thing. Mustache. Yeah, and he was like really young. They both look like they were supposed to be. They were probably cops in pornos. That's what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> they were hilarious. It's quite possible. I mean, these are all just going to be Romero's friends again, probably, aren't they? So it's quite possible. <laughs>、uh, we also get Romero almost straight away. He has like two and a half sort of cameos in this film, and we get a very obvious one right at the beginning. He's the guy sitting at the control desk with the scarf around his neck, and you get a couple of long shots of him sort of、oh, talking. Oh, is he? Yeah, is he the one with like the big beard? Big beard, yeah, big、oh, beard and、yeah. the scarf. Yeah, yeah, I totally yeah. noticed him. I do like that we immediately have the discussion that you get on air is giving us the setup and the rules, which I think is great. So if you haven't seen Night, then or you're not aware of zombie culture, even it's、mm. explaining stuff to you in a natural way, which I think is really, really 
smart they say stuff like they clarify things a little different here like every dead body that is not exterminated becomes one of them it gets up and kills the people it kills get up and kill mm-hmm. like they're really just walking you through it <laughs> i know but then like the interviewer like doesn't believe anything like oh, well, <laughs> nobody else is telling you giving you any any other information like why why are you so against everything that this what doctor <laughs> is telling you yeah but don't you feel like that's the i what i sense in that is this sort of slightly childish very teenagery thing that i don't think george Romero ever gives up in his entire life which is this anti-establishment like yeah. position that he has mm-hmm. like he's so 60s in that viewpoint and i mm. feel that in all these characters we're like you're not gonna tell me how to live my life i can do what i want like why are you prejudiced against zombies <laughs> mm-hmm. just give him a hug like it, there's that very 60s sort of flavor to his opinions yeah. in this mm. Which I kind of enjoy. I enjoy that yeah. there are arguments about it, but this time it's interesting. And I can hear what they're saying because they're not wearing gas masks like last week. True. Oh my God. True. Yeah. But I still, I don't know if it's just like my speakers, but I really did have to put the subtitles on. Oh, really? Yeah. I could barely understand or hear anything, but I, it might just oh, be my, my system. It's just your ears. <laughs> <laughs> your broken ears. <laughs> They mentioned that the dead eat people for sustenance and they say that's what keeps them going, which was, I thought was an interesting info because, you know, normally you kind of assume that the dead are just attacking people because they're, you know, they're evil or whatever, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily to keep themselves going. To survive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which raises that question that then 28 days later answers Mm -hmm. for their zombies of if you starve them, do they die? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm which maybe we'll get to later in this series as well. Mm-hmm. And we're introduced here to her boyfriend, husband. They're not wearing rings. So I think they're just boyfriend and girlfriend mm-hmm. who looks just like Hugh Laurie to me and always has uh, a very young Hugh Laurie, obviously. But yeah, Flyboy, I think is how we'll talk yeah. about it. Flyboy. Flyboy. Bye, Flyboy. <laughs> He's immediately annoying me a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So then we're introduced to the other side of what's going to be a film. We cut to a police squad who are raiding a building. And what I love about this is they're not raiding it to do with zombies. They're raiding it for just regular police stuff to do with this. Like, I think it's a cartel that's in there. The, the Puerto been... Ricans. The Martinez yes. group, yes. man. <laughs> <laughs> but they've been trafficking people as well, aren't they? Or is it dead body? I don't really know what's going on. I don't know what they're doing in there. It doesn't really <laughs> the, like... Well, According to Wikipedia, I think it's Wikipedia, or like there was a synopsis that said police SWAT officer Roger DiMarco and his team raid a housing project where the residents are defying the martial law of delivering their dead to National Guardsmen. So apparently oh. that's why they were raiding the building. But I didn't really get that wow. from watching it. I thought they were really yeah, I didn't get that was... either. That's kind of cool, but I didn't get that at all. Yeah. You're not giving us your for... dead, so we're going to come in and kill all of <laughs> we're you. We're going to fuck you up. Mm. <laughs> interesting oh man this was well, I like it was something I... to do with cartel or something but... yeah you're not happy you're not happy Christina <laughs> this blew me away this in a bad thing. way well no I mean some parts yeah but no just shocking very shocking oh okay yeah well that's interesting yeah so we are introduced what I do like here is we're immediately introduced to them chatting and then there's a nice blonde policeman who clearly seems like a nice new boy and then he just gets shot <laughs> straight, straight away. in the head <laughs> which I do think is it's great that's like you know again like Romero saying look no one's going to be precious you know how I do my films you don't know who's going to die and it's this other blonde guy who's going to be one of our leads who looks like Nosferatu to me he just looks like he looks like a dead vampire throughout the entire film mm-hmm. 
before stuff happens to him later. <laughs> I mean, the cops aren't just chatting, though, it, before he gets shot. I mean, that they introduce you to that extremely racist cop. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, that cop. <laughs> I forgot about that guy. <laughs> he was so horrible. I mean, not like horrible acting, but just like, man, his character was horrible. It was, he was a yes. horrible so person. So racist. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but he doesn't last long, does he? No. I mean, he does damage for sure. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, Romero does write some ugly characters sometimes. But yeah. Definitely, I don't think reflective of him. No. Uh, no. So yeah, they head into this place. There's a room that's full of zombies. But uh, wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> when the Martinez <laughs> when the Martinez group came out, you know, on the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just a, a big firefight. Yeah, but did you notice that? I mean, okay, did you notice that one of the guys, the Puerto Ricans, was <laughs> face painted? You could say wearing makeup. Yeah, there was one guy which I was like, the one that comes out <laughs> oh, that you door. Just yeah, skip over that. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I'm not sure because, like, I, I don't know. So, but there is a guy who comes out of a door who looks very much like he just had put face paint on. Yeah, that it was face paint. <laughs> he, had, he, the guy with the bandana. Hmm. Well, maybe it's like half Puerto Rican, but like you don't look Puerto Rican enough. So. Oh, <laughs> so that's extra. so bad. I don't it's know. It's like you know, Breakfast at Tiffany's when they painted that guy Asian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was that's like terrible. That. <laughs> Yeah, they brown yeah. someone up. I mean, it was just really yeah. funny coming from like the extremely it going from like the really racist cop and then the guy coming out with face paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I purely wasn't going to bring it up because like I don't know. And when we watched it, Haruka didn't point it out, so I thought, no, maybe I it's just me notice. being. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm glad. I'm oh. glad you said it on me. Yeah, so head up. There's this room full of zombies. What I'm really because there's so much violence and chaos. What I really like here, again, none of this is done perfectly. It's not like at all. Like the acting's not amazing. The writing's not amazing. The directing and cinematography, I don't think it's amazing. But the ideas I really love. Like I do love there's a rawness to it. And I love that we're seeing people who are used to the zombies already. And are kind of just like nonchalant about it. And then people who are terrified by the zombies. People who are just like frozen stiff by them. People committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a just lot going insane. on. Yeah. Yeah, I really like it. And the zombies like taking bites out of people who have, you know, big foam shoulders. But it's still I remember the first time I saw this as a teenager and it was still shocking to me at that point. I was like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. there's a lot of violence going on here. Yeah. yeah, the guy when the racist cop shoots. Well, first, he obviously shoots all the black people. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> but when he shoots that one guy and his head blows off his whole mm-hmm. head. Yeah. Yeah, it was it really gory. Yeah. So. It was, yeah. yeah. That's because I got Tom Savini on now. Right. Like he loves his gore. And you think as someone who's been to Vietnam and went for all of that, you would spend your life not wanting to recreate it. But instead, he wants to recreate all That's the horrible things That's his coping mechanism. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, so. yeah, it's good to know it's still kind of effective. Like, it does look fake, but it comes so fast and aggressive, I think, yeah. that mm-hmm. it still works. Yeah, so then Nosferatu Blomboy finds a quiet room to hide, basically, and sort of be fragile in um, and he runs into another one of our leads who helped him out earlier by well, killing the of. racist <laughs> yeah killing the racist thank god I mean I'm just happy that the other cops acknowledged that this guy was going fucking ape shit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah 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 
Yeah, because yeah. you're worried, like, I don't know how that's going to turn out. If we're going to get another another black guy killed, but straight away in this movie rather than at the end of the movie by mm-hmm. cops. Uh, but yeah, this is Ken Foree playing Peter, who for me, he is, he's my center for the film, to be honest, Peter. Like, he's- He's your not- what? my center for the movie like i like peter a lot like he just the way he reacts to people around him the way he's the newcomer into our group we're going to find out that the blonde guy knows the other two at the newscast station and they're all about to like meet up and get away in helicopter together and he just kind of invites this guy along straight away mm-hmm. <laughs> which I, don't, I don't really know why but <laughs> because he was it. like a good partner it's mm. true that's true you know they have a buddy bond very quickly yeah, yeah. they do yeah and he's a he's a fucking good guy to have around. Peter was yeah, my favorite. True. Yeah, he's, I'd want Peter saying, by my side. If shit would hit the fan, like, there's <laughs> no sh- like he doesn't take any shit, but he listens to everyone. You know, he's nice. Yeah. Like, he's a good guy. I like him. Yeah, yeah. Except the whole abortion thing that was really weird. But we'll get to oh, that. Oh yeah, later. we'll get to, we'll get to that. <laughs> Except the whole abortion thing. <laughs> That was the only time I was like, terrific guy. Peter? (laughs) (laughs) What? You're in the 70s. You think you know a guy. (laughs) And then he says, if you want me to abort your baby, I'm out. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Anyway, we get a strange reveal of a priest here where they kind of don't want to let you see that he's only got one leg till the end of the scene, which is this weird sort of twist. But I don't really know why. But sure. Well, I kind of noticed when he first wobbled in because, yeah. like, you first think he's a zombie because okay. of the wobbling, Mm-mm. right? And then right, you realize, right. oh, he has like a stick or Just a cane, and then it's like, no, his leg is a stick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> leg stick. <laughs> There's a very Night of the Living Dead throwback shot as the zombies are breaking through all the barricades, mm-hmm. and like all the arms are coming through. Yeah, only here it's much nastier. Not just people stroking, <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> Yeah, and this for me, I remember this affected me on the very first time I watched it. They find a room with zombies everywhere eating and people in body bags and the Peter's just shooting them one by one. Mm-hmm. I do find the scene actually is quite disturbing, uh, which I like. Cause yeah, because it, it really disturbed Peter. So then like, yeah. you, you felt disturbed too and you felt yeah. like it was more real because it, you know, affected him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I wrote down at that point, God, these two lead actors are great so far. I am so happy. Thank God. We got some good, good acting here. I wrote down, painful to watch. Oh, what's going on, Haruka? Why do you hate I don't know. I didn't really like the cops in the beginning. I mean, I... You know, I sympathized with Pisa because he did look very, you know, scarred from having to shoot all those corpses and stuff mm-hmm. but i just didn't like the blue like i was like <laughs> unless you're a hindu god it's not a easy look to pull off blue face paints yeah yeah but it did grow on me so yeah i changed my okay. mind halfway but yeah at this point i wrote painful to watch so i mean it's impossible for some people it really is like these are not how people nowadays this is not what you think of as a zombie mm-hmm. like they did decay makeup on them it still took them up to three hours to do makeup on each Jeez. of these people mm-hmm. because they were you have to put the latex underneath for scars and oh. do all the detailing and then you paint blue over the top of it which is kind of <laughs> counterproductive maybe <laughs> but yeah a lot of people they just can't get past how blue they all look mm-hmm. i don't know why I'm, I'm very accepting of it i'm fine it's just like it's a stylistic thing mm-hmm. but yeah so now we have <laughs> We've got Blonde Boy, 
who's t- Nosferatu. We've got Peter, and then we've got the chopper pi- chopper boy, fly boy, mm-hmm. and Fran, Francine, or Fran, as they call her. Uh, they all meet up to head away. We have like this very telltale little moment here as a cop comes over and asks if they've got any <laughs> cigarettes. And they're like, no, no, we don't have any cigarettes. And then as soon as they get into the chopper, they're just lighting up. Everyone was smoking in that chopper. <laughs> was Everyone that, smoking. Was that cop cross-eyed? Yeah, he looked a bit, he, he was a weird looking boy. <laughs> he looked a little off, huh? Yeah, and I loved, I loved uh, Peter's reaction to yes. them lighting up. And mm-hmm. he just really gives a lot throughout the whole movie, I, I feel. Yeah. And I love that because we are the new person in the group. So we're with him, I feel, as the new person in this group. Yeah. He's looking at them mm-hmm. and initially sort of judging them and then just going, like, finding it sort of charming. Like, mm-hmm. all right, I get, what, I get how it's going to be with you guys. We're together, but we're looking out for ourselves kind mm-hmm, of thing. You know? mm-hmm. And he's, he's happy to be a part of that. Uh, we do, however, get the very first, and I'm only bringing it up here because it, it is a following thread in some of the other films, where the cop that they talk to asks for the cigarettes, he says that they're hoping to make it to an island. Uh, there's the first talk about islands here as a good place to head to. Mm-hmm. Which is probably a smart idea. Mm-hmm. And I do really like the shot as the chopper's flying away, the building behind them, all the lights start turning out. Mm. Like in the building, like, well, that's a nice touch. You know, the cigarette thing also came up a lot in the crazies, like just cigarettes in general. There was there was mm-hmm. a lot of that's like true. cigarette of talk, smoking. cigarette smoking, and then this one too. That is true. It was a different time back then. Yeah. It was. It was. Mm. Uh, back when people could pretend they didn't know something was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could smoke and drink while they're pregnant. <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. Oh, fucking hell, yes, yes. Um, oh, yeah, there was a really cool line I liked before they got on the chopper, actually, when Roger was like, when they found all those dead people in the locked up, and yep. Roger was like, why did these people keep them here? And Peter said, because they still believe there's respect in dying. I was like, mm. oh. Yeah, that is a nice line. Yeah, that was good. That, nice that is all. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> So then there's a flying off in the chopper. We're getting real Night of the Living Dead sort of repeatings here. So we're getting like rednecks out in the field, mm-hmm. shooting them. Uh, we're seeing the army down there as well. Yeah. Oh, the redneck thing was hilarious. <laughs> Did you guys yes, laugh? Everyone's, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, but it's kind of chilling. That's what I love about this. This is an extension of the sort of almost how relaxed they were yeah. about it They're in like- Night enjoying the hunt kind of thing yes in this uh, they're having they're making parlor games out of it the like line they're was, having fun with it yeah those rednecks are probably enjoying the whole thing and then <laughs> they just show them they come down and they're partying they're tailgating yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and then that music was that was probably one of those what is that band it was probably from yeah, that band like, huh oh the gob- no 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 the goblins are like the rock stuff in oh here. <laughs> but that did you remember that song Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, but, but this is like, I mean, this happens a lot now. Look at shows like The Walking Dead. Look at like, you know, we have a lot now of people teasing zombies, having fun with mm-hmm. them, and yeah. then their cockiness gets the better of them. This is where it all really came from. It was Romero's mm. idea of disgust at how people, what people would do in these situations. Mm-hmm. You really see where the inspiration from The Walking Dead came from. Mm. Yeah. Like through this whole movie. It's insane. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and Romero clearly seems to not like rednecks. That's a repeating mm-hmm. thing for <laughs> films, I think. Well, I mean, 
<laughs> so they land at a little airport to get some gas. They're already looting. I love this as well. It's like immediately like, yeah, yeah we're already looting. We just take what mm-hmm. we want. We don't, there's no rules immediately. Mm. I do have to ask though, like you said, those shots of the fields is reminding me of Night of Living Dead. Not looking at it practically, like the reality of it is Romero can't make sequels, direct sequels to most of these films because he doesn't own the license for the characters. So each time they're like different people. But is this meant to be like, it does seem very similar to Night Living Dead, those shots. Do you think, it's in, we're in a different decade, mm-hmm. but is this meant to be taking place in that same universe, do you think? Like, do you, do you feel it works even like that? Like, is it the night that this has happened or has it been going on for a while? Like, mm. it's... Because hmm. they seem to be at that stage, but it's just, we're in a, you know, we're seeing the bigger scale of it rather than mm-hmm. that little farmhouse. And I think it's an interesting thing to think of because the reality of it is Romero just couldn't do direct sequels. Mm -hmm. But I do feel, again, he doesn't care about continuity, but I do feel in his head, he, all of these films sort of take place in the same time. They just happen to each be shot in a different decade. Oh, yeah. I didn't really think about that. Because it does work. If you take out the technology differences, Mm -hmm. it does work. Like you're dealing with the same thing essentially in the same sort of weeks of yeah. it happening first. Uh-huh. first but then I also happen. feel like in Night of the Living Dead, there was more of like a resolution at the end, like it was done, you know, like they were saved. They're cleaning up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like they had a handle on it. And at the end of this one, I didn't, I did not feel like there was any sort of handle on it yet. Mm-hmm. Well, do you feel though, because like, that's what I mean, these shots you're getting at the fields and stuff, they're clearing it up. Maybe in these little areas, they are able to yeah. clear it up. But mm-hmm. when you get to these big situations, it's not happening. The cities yeah. can't. Not so happen. I guess Night of the Living Dead happened overnight, didn't it? The film was took yeah. place over one night, whereas this one hours. took place over like a few months. Months, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, just interesting to think as we get to the next films as well. Hmm. So yeah, they land at this little place, uh, the gas station. Flyboy's, I love he's wearing these little gloves like Johnny from Night Living Dead <laughs> as well. <laughs> and he gets attacked. So here we go. Here's the beginning of me hearing Haruka sighing next to me <laughs> for a large portion of the beginning of this movie, at least. Sorry. Uh, he gets attacked. There's a zombie coming from the other side. And Fran, our female lead, <sighs> just stands oh, there. Oh, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Okay, you're not going to run away, obviously, because mm-hmm. you're not moving. But can't you do something? Like kick him the whatever that hammer thing? Or just I don't know, something. That, oh, exactly. And like, it's not even stupid? like, it, they don't even like show her as like, oh, I'm frozen in terror. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, uh. She's just dumb. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, <sighs> it's going to be another one of those. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Haruka was definitely not into this movie by this point. I can no. tell you because I could feel from her side of the room. She wasn't enjoying it that much up until now anyway. And then as soon as this mm-hmm. happened and mm-hmm. I could feel her turn and just be like, fuck yeah. this movie. I wrote women. Oh, women. That was my note. <laughs> so, all right, let's, let's do it straight away. Because I told you some facts later, Haruka, tonight, which mm-hmm. is that George Romero... And you can take this as you will. We're in the 70s. It's very hard for us to judge movies in different decades and how they dealt with stuff. We know, obviously, women weren't dealt with very well in the 60s and the 70s in film. And arguably still aren't, but, you know, increasingly badly as we go back through the decades. So 
Romero was embarrassed about Barbara. He was embarrassed about how he had let Barbara be portrayed in Night of the Living Dead. And he spent the rest of his career trying to make up for it. He spent the rest of his career really trying to write women who females could think were empowering. Well, I do, like Francine in the beginning, I was really worried that she's going to be another one of those girls. But, you know, I think midway on, when she took that stance, yeah, we'll get there. But yeah, it does get better. It does get a lot better. Yeah. 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 That, well, that's why I, so I, t- I turned to Ruka and said, well, just wait till the end of the movie and yeah. then tell mm-hmm. me how you feel because yeah. I'm interested how you feel with yeah. it. And yeah, we'll see when we get it. But Galen Ross, who, did, who played Fran, she also said to Romero, I'm not, I don't think my character would scream. Um, she said, I think my character is too strong to scream. And Romero heard that and agreed with her. And that's why she never screams once in this entire film. Yeah, I think that's great. Mm. But yes, at this point, she's looking pretty terrible. <laughs> it's, look, yeah. it's looking like bad sexist writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then we have one of the most famous points in this movie, which is one of my favorite. We get Frankenstein zombie who stands up into the helicopter yes. blades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a cool effect. Good yeah. move. Good move. No, like we had to get someone who had a really short forehead so that we could add more forehead to his top <laughs> to like cut it off. Because they really have to do this stuff. You just have mm-hmm. to do like a lot of these things that mm-hmm. you don't. Obviously, they're not blades that would actually cut his head off if it hit him. It would just give him a smack in the face. But yeah, that's what I love with these kind of era of effects. It's just like got to go and do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was great. And I love the kid zombies. Yeah. <laughs> Running kid so zombies. Cute. Running zombies. That yeah. was good. <laughs> this is actually the nephew and niece of uh, Tom Savini, the makeup Aww. effects artist. <laughs> but yeah, the only time, not to spoil future Romero movies, but and we'll see if there's a... I've read this online, so we'll see if we can disprove it. But the only time in any Romero movie that his zombies run are these two kids. Oh, interesting. Uh, I mean, did he just forget? Or I think kids are hard to control. (laughs) I I think probably. (laughs) But he shoots them down. Kids dead. I know, because like they had a dead kid in the first film too. So I was quite surprised that, you know, his because nowadays you don't really show dead kids in films. Um, And when you do, it's like quite shocking. Not enough. Yeah. You know? Romero didn't give a shit. He hates rednecks and he hates kids. And women, apparently, right now, but we'll get <laughs> So, yeah, we learn in a montage that Flyboy can't shoot for shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so annoying. But then why doesn't Roger just at least give him, like, hey, shoot for the head? <laughs> you know? like it's not even really like, funny. <gasps> oh, God. Just as a come in twice is so, fu- it's so funny. <laughs> I guess it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Again, let's start to reveal these facts about it. But as I said to Haruka, I think halfway through the movie when I could tell she wasn't enjoying it, I was like, Mm -hmm. Romero, I'm not saying he wanted to make a comedy, but his statements were he wanted to make a film that was far more comedic. Uh, The horror wasn't as important to him. It was the social commentary, as always, the drama and the comedy. He wanted to put comedy in this film. Hmm. And I do think it is a funny (laughs) film. I do. Whether it's always (laughs) intentionally funny or not, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so we learned the cops are cool and yeah. Flyboy isn't, basically. Oh my God, Flyboy. That was just the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> we do get cool Lumberjack zombie, though. I like him. 
Uh, he's got like his eyeball kind of poking out and mm-hmm. the cool big red lumberjack. He's on the front cover of the uh, director's cut. Mm. Uh, so he became quite iconic. Yeah, and we're getting friction between Flyboy and Peter very early on because Peter sort of nearly, sorry, Flyboy nearly shoots Peter accidentally. Mm-hmm. And we're getting like some good early beginnings to, all right, this group isn't going to get along mm-hmm. all the time. So then they're flying for the second night and discussing where they're going to go. And they're nearly out of fuel again. And we get these cool lines which say, like, we're thieves and we're bad guys. That's exactly what we are. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's such a 70s line. It's really cool. And then they see them all. And you get this really big sort of triumphant music of like, what is this incredible place of commerce? <laughs> and it does look fucking enormous from outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. So big. And we get these cool, really wide shots. Like, whenever we're outside the mall getting these wide shots, I really like it. Like, zombies are everywhere. There's mm-hmm. so many yeah. extras out in the parking lots and stuff. It's really cool. Everything is so much better than the crazies. Everything. The music I- so far, <laughs> the acting, the shots. Haruka <laughs> <laughs> doesn't think so. <laughs> well, I really like the music in this film, but not necessarily with this film. You know what I mean? <laughs> there were bits where I was like, yeah, the... It's a cool tune, but doesn't really go with the film. I was just happy that there's no marching band. (laughs) Yeah, God, yes, drums. I'm just so happy. There's nothing like that in here. Instead, we get that cool. Uh, Was it the dung, 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 dung. It's like a TV show, like A Team or something. It's really that was very catchy. That tune was very catchy. What on earth, Haruka? Tell me one thing in this film that the crazies was doing better. Everything? What? <laughs> like everything, like better storytelling, better acting. I don't know. Maybe I was. Oh my god! I, was, I don't know. My, my maybe my drinks were like spiked when I was watching the crazies. You drank more wine that night. Maybe. I don't know. You are insane. If you think the crazies is better than this film. I did. Film. Oh my God. <laughs> oh man. All right. All right. Let's keep going. Courses for courses. So yeah, they land the chopper on the roof and they're, they're realizing that there's not many inside. Uh, so this might be a good place to get some supplies at first. That's their intention. Um, and yeah, we get a couple of, again, these are big iconic moments and they're seen as the kind of philosophy of Romero zombie films that are quoted in many, many things afterwards. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the first ones, which is the, why do they come here? And the reply is a kind of instinct, memory, what they used to do. This was an important place in their lives. Mm-hmm. And it is pointed. It is beautiful, but it's also Romero pointing at capitalism as mm-hmm. this is the most important place in your life, really. Yeah, yeah sad. Yeah. But they then, repeat that multiple times. Yeah. That whole do. thing. Cause, and then you're like, okay, I get it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is yeah. going to come and play eventually. <laughs> capitalism bad yeah. free spirit good we get it and we saw a no, zombie not that, in the- not that just that oh, the okay. zombies go back to familiar things right familiar right things. right right so i was like yeah. okay who's gonna die as a zombie and come back uh-huh. to a familiar thing right yes 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 very yeah good. and then we saw a, a zombie in a fountain like grabbing all the coins <laughs> yeah yes. i was like okay yeah sure yeah. yeah, yeah, I really love that Instinct. show. I think it's cool. Look, it's all very... Look, Romero's not subtle <laughs> with his commentaries. <laughs> he's very big and broad with them. But at least he's got something to say, yeah. which is sure. more than most horror films. Yeah. yeah. True. So they break in, and now we're transported. We're actually in a set now. This is a studio uh, at Leighton Image, Romero and his team's group. That is 
the room that they're in for quite a lot of this movie oh. which is why it looks so tremendously small compared to the size of the <laughs> right. wall uh, yeah so this is all studio stuff and they hang out eat some food and the two cops are becoming friends straight away and they, mm-hmm. they're immediately just getting excited about it all and they want to go and raid the stores downstairs mm-hmm. and look really happy about it and again this is the thing with this movie it's it's about fun as well and then about the consequences of that fun and yeah. where that desire comes from you know mm-hmm. yeah and we do a cool thing here this is where i think you're wrong haruka this is very good storytelling <laughs> because just even here he's establishing their roots which is so important the geography mm-hmm. for this film is very important so we have the storage room t- albeit tiny red stairs coming off of that mm-hmm. a corridor that leads to the generator engine room Mm-hmm. Then there's a photograph booth corridor as well that mm-hmm. leads straight to the second floor of the mall. Mm-hmm. And it's a really important route that they establish in this scene mm. step by step. Yeah, they did that so well. Yeah. Yeah. Because it could be so confusing. Yeah. Otherwise. That's true. Yeah. So while they're in that engine room, they're turning on the mall and they just decide, hey, we'll probably need power. So just turn on everything. So you're getting the goofy music playing, mm-hmm. which, oh my God, if malls in the 70s had this music playing on the loop. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I would kill myself. Yeah. And they I get wrote, some massive walkie talkies. Yeah. I wrote more music. No. <laughs> that was my note. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love your reviews. I just want you to do full <laughs> reviews and that's it. <laughs> it's like, no. No, no. Yeah, so then uh, Flyboy. Oh my decides. God, he wants, Flyboy, he wants stay to go asleep, what's going on. Flyboy. <laughs> he's basically like, he's just missing out on the fun. Mm-hmm. And I do, no. I like that these are real emotions you have. And he's like, particularly probably as a guy in the 70s and the other two guys are all powerful and better at stuff and they're already mm. bonding and he's not bonding and he's stuck with his stupid girlfriend oh who's pregnant God. and sensible. Yeah. He's horrible. <laughs> it's like he has the worst gun skills and he's going to go down there and try to find them and be a part yep. of it instead of, <laughs> like staying upstairs and protecting your girlfriend who is pregnant you're just gonna leave her mm-hmm. up there with no gun yeah he takes a gun he takes I wrote a gun down, away oh, steven idiot stay upstairs <laughs> your gun skills suck <laughs> oh, he is Fly yeah boy. we're immediately not meant to like him no. I think. yeah 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 so like he heads down to try and join them and obviously gets into a scuffle because he's useless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have this, so then they like all like work together to try and help him. They get into this the big department store. I do really like this bit where a zombie grabs the rifle from the policeman, and he actually's fighting to get it off him while they're like trapped in the door, and then he just walks away from it for a second, lets the zombie hold it, and then comes back and starts again. Like it's that immediate showing of. Things aren't that urgent with the zombies, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, because they're slow. Yeah. It's like, all right, you can hold on to my gun for a minute and I'll get it back in a second. <laughs> but then he does eventually let him have it because they can't get it off him. So they let this zombie have the gun. And that's going to come back later in a really nice little nod. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just, for me, it's one of the things that's so captivating as a, when I first watched these films about Romero's zombie world. It's that you mostly die if you're stupid or greedy. Like, that's by the mm. zombies. Mm. Mm-hmm. People could kill you for other reasons, but the zombies will kill you if you're stupid or greedy, basically. Mm, I like and that. You do feel like you could handle the situation, you know? And I like how they're just yeah, very relaxed about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not respectful, you know? Yeah, so they start, like, 
luring all the zombies downstairs so they can get them away once they've ransacked the store. Mm-hmm. And there's a big thing where they're like, let's go shopping. And they just run around. I loved and it. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. It was a dream come true. And it was, it, I thought the whole mall thing, I was like, this is so fun. I'm loving mm-hmm. it. And it was super suspenseful. Like it kept my attention. I wasn't bored. I was enjoying it. Yeah, this was when Thank I started God. to enjoy it because, you know, it's always fun to see people like having fun and like muck about yeah. in a dire situation. And, you know, like it's always fun to watch people raiding places in like post-apocalyptic films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it was. That's why we all want the apocalypse, isn't it? So we yes, can just steal stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> Basically. Absolutely. And this again, this is the film that began that thing, you know, like people still, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just my weirdo friends, but they drive <laughs> past huge locations to go, that'd be a good zombie stronghold. Like <laughs> this is the film that started that mentality of mm-hmm. thinking, where do you want to hole up? And when mm-hmm. there's a zombie attack happening. No, mm-hmm. totally. I think that too. And like, I mean, did you hear about all the Walmarts, all the empty Walmarts? No. Well, okay. If you go across America, I don't know any, whatever town you like i started we started noticing that there's like they're building all these huge walmart centers next to an old walmart center so they shut down a whole walmart center and then they build a brand new one right next to it oh my god so theory is or conspiracy is is that those old ones are gonna be like you know centers if if something happens oh you know like bump like for if the bombs go off or something, or I guess I don't know. Or the rednecks rise yeah, up. Yeah, I guess <laughs> take over America. <laughs> or holding centers. I don't know. Some sort of right, when the crazies okay. come, okay. they're gonna stick everybody there. Stop saying the crazies. You get we're excited. <laughs> We got a cool shot. The guy slides down as well. The escalators, and he just ad libbed that totally. That was just him just going for it, which is why I love. You see, Peter <laughs> just grabs his gun from the bottom of it because there's something on the bottom of like the es- I think it's the gun. There's something on the bottom of the escalator. He has to grab off quickly before he slides to the. Oh bottom. my god! <laughs> but yeah, we got a very different relationship here to the zombies, like from Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Like they're more self-knowing. They're not afraid. And I noticed here as well, actually, the me- the blonde cop. He's wearing a wedding ring. I noticed that too, but oh. okay, I didn't notice that until he was dying, like in the bed, oh, zo- okay. like turning into a zombie. <laughs> that must have he been an accident, because yeah, he, he doesn't mention anything. Like I don't I know don't why they would put that on him if if he wasn't like, oh my, you know, if he, I don't know, just something about it, yeah, just something, or even like you know, he's divorced but he's still wearing the ring, yeah. just some nice little history because i felt he could have done with a little bit of history that's one right. thing you don't get mm-hmm. is much history with these True. characters on either of those cops yeah yeah meanwhile <laughs> Flyboy's being an idiot still oh my god Flyboy! <laughs> i love these ricochet moments oh my god yeah as Flyboy's trying to get to them sorry yeah i, I muddled up before he hasn't quite got to them actually but yeah he's like shooting like in a generator and then it like pings around and he's just <laughs> watching the bullet as yeah. it pings he does it like idiot. five times <laughs> so dumb it's really stupid yeah and then they're, they're like just picking up zombies and throwing them over the balcony like they just <laughs> they just don't give a shit and then Peter's telling Flyboy not to run in the stairwell I'm sorry not to run up the stairwell because yeah basically they don't want to lure the zombies back up so they'd like get into this whole system immediately. And I love this shit. I love that they do it properly. 
they're like thinking about it mm -hmm. they're like all right we dropped the card off here can use like this way to get back through here and like you know really thinking through the yeah. reality of how do you deal with that situation that was fun that was fun that was cool. really like that we get a screwdriver death which is pretty nasty where he just like puts it in the ear of the zombie oh and, like, yeah Ooh. Uh, meanwhile however there's a harry krishna zombie yes who, <laughs> <laughs> who finds their stairwell and starts heading up to the gunless fran and yeah, then Peter's starting to say maybe they they should just stay in the mall because it's a pretty cool place to be. Mm -hmm. And Flyboy's realized that there's a duct access, so he is being useful yes, for a second. That was helpful. Mm. And then they notice that there's a gun shop. Uh, so this gun shop was, I think it's the only shop in the film which was not actually there in the mall. There is not uh, a gun shop. Right. <laughs> but they needed ammo and guns. So uh, no, I did wonder. I did wonder. That was a cool shop. That was cool. It was. <laughs> that it was, was fucking great. cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was a proper safari yeah. gun shop. Yeah. Like, and they even played an African music or something, like a jungle music. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So they're using, they do it a couple of times here. They're using flares on zombies. Mm hmm. And we talked about this afterwards briefly, yeah. didn't we, Haruka? Because yes, I was did. like, okay, are we going with... Is this meant to be leading on for Night of Living Dead that mm -hmm. they are scared of fire? Because mm -hmm. they yeah. don't really establish that. No. But but they kind but of yeah, know already to shoot them in the head. Like, uh, some, they have some knowledge. Mm. Sure. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't really see flares like fire, though. Exactly. One of things like, that, that was my problem. Yeah. I was like, yeah. why is this woman lighting a flare? Because it's not like it's not burning them or anything. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But then Fran gets saved at the last second by the boys, and she goes a bit Barbara. Yes, exactly. I wrote that down. I was like, oh my god, Fran got the look in her eyes. She got the Barbara look. Oh no, we're gonna lose her. <laughs> oh man. I was really worried at that point. I was like, oh man, really? Mm. The female leads in this? It's really. I mean, we're not going to get one. Mm. I was so <laughs> yeah. bummed. I was like, fuck. But yeah, yes, she evolves. Uh, but they have a TV now. So we're getting back to stuff I love from Night of Living Dead. They're getting an emergency signal, but nothing's coming through. But the radio's working, so they listen to that a little bit. And this is where we learn that she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. So that's your first moment where you're like, oh, okay. This is an excuse for some of the things. Not all of them, but some things. In that, yeah. okay, she's going to be more scared, and he's going to be more protective, and... Even though he still did leave her a gun. But um, like a couple of excuses. And then you get the, yeah, Peter saying that, do you want to abort it? I know how. Oh, I mean, I understand because of the situation. Mm -hmm. Like, do you really want to bring a child into this world? Yeah. But mm -hmm. it was just the way he said it. It wasn't even yeah. like, hey, man, like, I know, like, it, you know. Maybe, you know, if you guys think blah, 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 blah. It was just like so straightforward. It was so <laughs> weird. But that's what I like about what I like about Peter is he is very pragmatic in his thoughts, you know? Right. He's very much like, well, this doesn't make sense. So we should do this with this situation. Yeah. But he's nice about it. Like he's kind about yeah, it. Yeah, he not wasn't kind about it. about it for the abortion thing. I feel like that was yeah. the only no. time I was like, Peter? Plus, how does he know how to abort a baby? He's a cop. I don't know. I don't know. He's done it before, obviously, though. Like, that's what it sounded like a few times. Yeah. It sounded really Man. sinister. It's, like, it's, his, it's his party trick. That was so weird. 
<laughs> Anyone got a baby they want to put in? I Bring mean- in Peter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Peter. Okay, oh, so. my God. Uh, Peter, he is also, though, in this scene, the first to say it. He said, it ain't just the zombies we got to worry about. Mm-hmm. So he's thinking ahead. Yeah. That's what I mean. I like it. They are thinking, which is good for a film Thinking, like this, planning, loving it. So many zombie films nowadays, it's just reacting to stuff. Right. And so many horror films, it's just reacting. I like here that they're thinking about stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is finally the moment where Fran starts fucking talking. And she gets in a, you know, a real kind of takes a stand, says, no one cares about my vote. Uh, she thinks they should go to Canada and not stay in the mall, mm-hmm. um, where I'm presuming the zombies are politer in Canada. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, she really gets into like a, a whole thing of saying she doesn't want to be treated differently just because she's a woman or because she's pregnant, to which her partner starts sighing. <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> Such an but asshole, flyboy. He agrees. He's like, he's like, I agree with you completely. You know, I but Peter. He says, I love him. But he's like, but you can't shoot yet. So he said, until you can handle yourself, you can't join us. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which I, I think that was is good. fair. Yeah, yeah, that was fair. That yeah, was fair. but then flyboy shouldn't be joining them either. No, <laughs> because he can't handle himself. <laughs> no, he cannot. And then, wait, and this is when he they're going right, and then she's like, "Well, give me your gun. Gu- you're not going to leave me here without a gun again." Yes. Right. This is mm-hmm. when that happens. Yes. And then Flyboy's yeah. reaction to that. Oh my God, what a jerk. Ugh. I want to go and put the boys in my gun. <laughs> but what's awesome here is, well, like, in this one scene, she completely turns around because she's the only one to say, look, my boyfriend, you might die. And you're the only one who yeah. knows how to fly that helicopter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in case something happens to you, I need to be- learn how to f- fly that. Yeah. And if you give me a gun, I might learn how to use it. Yeah. And this for me is one scene where immediately it's like, oh, okay, I'm worried they're going to go to Barbaro. And then I think very purposely Romero turns it around. Yes. Right. I was really I'm not happy. A woman. Mm-hmm. Mm. Does that work yeah. for you too enough or is it still not enough? No, that was great. I think from that moment on, it was a lot better for yeah. me, for her. Same, same. Yeah. <laughs> for her. For women. For women. <laughs> yeah. It, it just makes it so much more interesting. Mm-hmm. and fun and yeah why not do i believe you haruka you still seem slightly disgruntled i mean i was still a bit like okay so she wants to learn how to fly the chopper that's cool but are you actually going to do it mm-hmm. you know i wasn't sure if she was actually going to do it or she's she's just saying it well they don't for a long time because they get distracted by captain <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, when she finally got yeah, to like, yeah. have a gun and stuff, that was cool. And during this scene, uh, in the background, a TV broadcast does start, and this is where we have the return of sexy beard scientist man from the crazies. With an eye patch. The only great thing from the crazies. And he's brought back here with an eye patch. <laughs> and he is still amazing. Sexy pirate scientist. <laughs> he still likes CL. Mm. He is awesome. He plays... <laughs> He plays arrogant scientist man so well. Mm. So, so well. But at no point in this film does he do a reprise of the God damn it woman. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so their plan is now let's block the ways in. And again, I love this shit. I love the bureaucracy of being in a zombie attack. It's like, all right, we have a place. We've scoped it out. We've had some fun, a little bit of a scare, but we think we can handle it. Next stage block all the doors so zombies can't basically push down the doors and get in and if anyone's trying to get in it's a bit harder so decide they're going to go and get the big trucks and block them great Mm -hmm. so good yeah but i didn't realize what they were doing until after i was like yeah what is this gonna do they're wasting all that chopper fuel 
Yeah, well, like yeah. also, you why don't you give him a fucking walkie-talkie? Like he <laughs> can't you. talk to you up there. So what's the use of him even being up there if he can't tell <laughs> exactly. you what he sees? Because <laughs> we're gonna get to a scene. The whole point of having a chopper is he's on lookout, and we have a bit where he sees something's about to happen, mm-hmm. and he can't communicate. Oh with no! Them. <laughs> he's like. Oh god! Where, yeah. Whereas they both have walkie-talkies and they're in the same truck for half mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It I'm was... so glad that bothered you as well because uh, that really annoyed me. The guy in the chopper was like, "Turn around! Before. Turn around!" <laughs> oh boy! Yes, yeah, so we've got some really fun music as they're doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's definitely sold as this is fun. We're in an adventure film, really. Right. Uh, which again is, I think, why a lot of my friends who love horror films have a problem with this film because it's not a horror film, really. I don't think there's nasty things. But I don't think it's scary. I do, again, I love these white shots where you see all the zombies in the parking lot. But they just, they're getting too cocky. They're having too much fun. And Nosferatu in particular. Roger, yeah, Roger. Roger. Peter, he's got his shit together still, man. Yeah. Always does. (laughs) Peter's, yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. So, sorry. Oh, Aaron, I've got you written down here, Haruka. Yeah. As you saying, you think, at this point, I think I asked you, who do you think is going to survive this movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, if anybody. Uh-huh. And you wrote down, we won't, re- we won't reveal yet. Okay. But you wrote down that the- uh, One character. The, you think the lady, the lady, no, 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 we won't reveal what happens oh. at the end for anybody oh, yeah, who yeah. hasn't seen the film. Yes. Uh, but we reveal that you said the lady will survive only. Yes, I did say that. that I guess. did think that. Because then at that point, she was like starting uh, to yes. like make Meanwhile, that change. Meanwhile, and- losing it. Yes. Because she finally had some character. Yes. But Fran is like, she's she's on the roof, I suppose, covering them with a yeah. gun. But she doesn't, mm. you know, giving it a go. She does. And she shoots pretty yeah. well when she, yeah. I mean, that's a far, that's far away. That's true. <laughs> I don't that know how she did away. it, but she did it. <laughs> yeah. And she was the first Romero woman to like handle a gun ah. so far, I think. I think. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Peter's had enough of Roger starting to go crazy. So he kind of snaps him out of it and Roger starts to calm down. But then he's dropped his bag in between these two trucks. Oh, no, sorry. In the other truck, isn't it? So he goes back for it, but he's sort of caught between the two trucks, which is stupid. <laughs> and he gets bit twice, not just once, but once yeah. in the arm, once in the leg. Again, I don't know at this period how much you'd know about it. You were saying, Haruka, they did do it in Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Technically, we know the daughter was bit and then turned into a zombie. But you never see her getting bit in the first one. So yeah. I don't know culturally how many people mm. watching this film would know what's going to happen or not. Right. I don't know. Well, I mean, this, the guy at the radio station in the beginning or whatever, the um, talk show host, whatever, that guy, the doctor, said mm-hmm. that if you get bit, then he explained he? it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it does seem like throughout the whole thing, Peter knows that it's eventually going to happen. That he's right, going to be right, turned. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Roger also, I feel like, knows that it's going to happen. Yeah, because they, yeah. they said, one of them said, none of them lasted for more than three days. He said, like, I, oh, I've seen yeah, many point. something, something. Yeah. And yeah, so good you've point. seen it happen good before. Point. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Roger gets patched up by the girl, of course, because it is the 70s. I know. Okay, so she, like, makes this, I'm not going to be the mother hen. Yeah. But she's giving him the morphine. She's patching him up. She cooks a fucking dinner. Mm-hmm. And yet, Peter's the one with enough medical expertise to know how to perform an abortion. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> not enough to fucking wrap a bandage up and put an arm. No. 
because that's the woman's job. Yep. So Peter and Flyboy head on out to the gun store. This is where we get that cool jungle music and they stock on up on some yeah different weapons and ammo. Oh, yeah. And then I love this bit. They all go out, all four of them, with Roger in a cart. <laughs> I do love around. it. I love it. Wheel I like it. I like it a place. lot. It's so great. That was adorable. It was adorable, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, what they've decided is, well, we've blocked the doors. Now what we need to do is kill everyone in the mall. And Fran has the idea of getting one of the cars from the mall to be able to drive around in, which is a great idea. Mm-hmm. And again, so much fun. And it's just mm. the amount of production value you're getting from they've got this big mall and they can drive the cars around mm-hmm. it. And basically, they were told, do what you want as long as nothing's permanently broken and it's all back, you know, the same way by the morning. <laughs> So it must have been so much fun making mm, this movie, just yeah. like running around this mall. Yeah. And they, yeah, here's where they definitely established they're following those Night of the Dead rules with the, the zombies being scared of fire. And we get a few bits of it here. Mm-hmm. But then a zombie puts his fingers into Roger's wounds and it's pretty, all this blood comes out. And, <laughs> uh, and we have this lovely little moment where I don't know if you remember it, but where Fran opens a door to let a nun's hab- habit loose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. from the door which is always great there are a few moments in this film where the kind of the zombies and them have these sort of connections almost mm-hmm. um, and there's almost a sadness to the zombies in this at points I feel mm. of like like oh it's not their fault they're just caught in this cycle of mm-hmm. what their life was kind of thing mm-hmm. um, yeah I really like that. that that for me is one of my favorite moments in the film yeah we get a really fun scene as they're driving the car around killing Flyboy in the open boot which is really cool <laughs> And then do they set the yeah they set the doors alarms to be active so then they can hear if anyone breaks in yeah so great and yeah and this is yeah there's a zombie who then sits down on the opposite side of the glass with Fran and they just look at each other sadly mm-hmm. for a little while it's, yeah yeah it's great and then we get a cool tracking shot there aren't many tracking shots in Romero films um, but we get a, a tracking shot probably just on a trolley that they pushed along the lino floor who knows where they're all standing there now in their mall of dead zombies no nothing else is alive mm-hmm. and they're just looking over their work yeah and i love it i really yeah. do they're like what have we become this is horrible yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was quite sad. I felt yeah. quite sad. It was, watching no, this it thing. is sad. It is sad. It's like the sense of achievement and sadness at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And I do think it's down to your personality whether you're getting enjoyment out of this stuff. Because again, the action's not amazing. The horror is definitely not there. And the social commentary is hitting you over the head a bit. But it's, I don't know. For me, this is like, I like the idea of this world <laughs> a world <laughs> where you're with your friends and you could handle the situation, but it's kind of sad. But also, you know. Like, I don't know. Well, they're making, yeah, (laughs) they're making good moves. They're getting shit Mm. done. They're securing Mm. their their nest. Yeah. Like you feel like you're moving, you know, you're moving Mm -hmm. forward. So. Yeah. We're rebuilding their own little society. Yeah. 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 And then they do a very smart thing, which is they start to put up a wall to hide their stairway. So if even people do get in there, Mm -hmm. no one knows there's even a stairway there. Whose idea was that? Peter. Uh... (laughs) The only sensible person here. Well, him and Fran. Him and Fran really do start acting smart. Yeah. Yes. Um, in different ways, which is reflected in the ending, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Roger's gradually losing it. He's definitely on the way out. He just looks like death mm-hmm. anyway. Doesn't look good. And then Peter realizes that the bodies are going to rot. Um, so they have to clean them all up. Housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I know. I love these little details. It's I know. Great. And it just feels really satisfying. It's like, it yeah, does. tidy up your house. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. It really does. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said before. Like, I either want my horror film, like a zombie film, to be really scary or the realism. And we are getting the realism here. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you also, you like, feel like this is, oh, yeah, I would do that. Oh, I would do this. Oh, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, like, you start yes. planning your, like, what would you do? Yeah. And the, yeah. and the mistakes they make are realistic mistakes. They're not stupid, stupid mistakes. Yeah. So. Right. It's like. Yeah, are we winning you over yet, Haruka, or are you yeah, still? Yeah, no, I'm. I'm. I was pretty there. sold at this point. I was like, this is fun. This is, you know, it's great to see all these characters developing and like going through different emotions and shit. And shit. Yeah, and yeah. shit. <laughs> I like. I like the scene when they're stealing all the money and then they pose for the CCTV yes. camera. Yeah, that, that was, was great. Good. <laughs> was really which, fun. which takes a Polaroid picture of them apparently from the sound it makes. But yeah. <laughs> that's true yeah and then yeah these great i love it i love it i really love these are my favorite bits and it's like them walking along the uh the lines that you get for a queue you know like the rope the guide ropes you get when they're in uh, Mm -hmm. the bank i like all this stuff i like it i like they're just like walk they're doing what you're meant to do if society was still going Mm -hmm. and they're just like following the queue that you're meant to be in and then trying on all the clothes and skating alone in the ice rink and yeah like that and they keep cutting i don't know if you notice it but they keep cutting to the price tags on how much the stuff they're stealing costs yeah and and adding it up like in a cash register like as if they were yeah yeah Um, i was like don't fucking add it up just take it (laughs) (laughs) but this is romero with it this is Knock them showing, like, you know, what the life they think they want would cost kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, then all, ama- and then they're all in, like, mink coats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah. So I think good. I they fast just come forwarded. Out. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> no, no, that's right there. They come out. Uh, well, they're in the arcade as well just yes, before that, which I think is funny playing scene. video games. Uh, now that they can't shoot things in real life because they've killed all the zombies in them all, they're shooting them mm-hmm. in the arcade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but they also did the practice in the ice ring, which was smart for Fran yeah. and Flyboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're in this, yeah, the big fur codes is really funny. I love that. And that is where we get the only explanation for it. So as I said in Night of the Living Dead, Romero's not interested in where these zombies came from. He's alluded to everyone's incorrect with the uh, space thing from Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. even though it's what John Russo definitely wanted and it's pretty implicit. Here, he kind of rather snarkily gives his one. And this is the most quoted line in the film and it's used in many, many things. It is Peter, isn't it? Because he says all the smart things. Yes. Yes. He says his grandfather yes. told him. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He said, they're not after us, they're after the place. They don't know why, they just remember they want to be here. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Mm-hmm. Which is the, the line mm-hmm. from, like, in fact, it became the slogan for this film. It's mm-hmm. like, dawn of the dead, when there's no more room in hell. Mm-hmm. There's a very similar line in um, Shakespeare's The Tempest. And I thought, right. initially, I thought it was a Shakespearean line, which was, the hell is empty and all the devils are here. Which I yes. thought sounded quite similar. Yeah, no, but it does. Romero's version's much better. Cool. Uh, better oh. than Shakespeare. Yes. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's nice here because they give a nod to, like him saying, yeah, like you said, he said his granddad told him that it came from voodoo, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is where zombies originated from before Night of the Living Dead kind of changed all of that. So it's nice as a little nod there to the origin of this stuff. 
Yeah, and then Rogers tells Peter to kill him, but only when he's sure he's not that he's sorry that he is coming back because he says, "I'm going to try not to. <laughs> I'm going to try not to." <laughs> he says it like four times over again. <laughs> And then, yeah, we get 60 bearded eye patch man. He's back and he's saying, uh, one wonders what is worth save- saving. For all I know, it's the brains that are already dead. And by that, he's talking about the smart people in the world and the idiots are the only ones left alive. <laughs> Which again, um, this is like, I feel this character's invented just so Americans say the snarky shit that mm-hmm. he really feels, but he's too polite to maybe say normally. <laughs> yeah, and as we listen... The he he starts to suggest that uh maybe they feed them, which I don't really understand where that's come from. And we're into cutting him, basically talking about what they're gonna do in this situation, with Peter sitting there with his gun, waiting for Roger to come back to life. Mm-hmm. Um and this is a very iconic scene where you got like the bed sheet over Roger's head <laughs> and you just start to see him move and then he sits up and he's all blue. Yep, blue. <laughs> he was so blue. All blue and wrinkly. It's how you know. <laughs> he had a lot of wrinkles in his face, though. Yeah, loads of wrinkles. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Peter does the right thing, shoots him, mm-hmm. and they bury him in the mole's garden. Yeah. So then a lot and of time Peter passes. cooks, like, a really nice dinner yeah. for those two. <laughs> this is where we get date night. Yeah. Peter is serving... Which I'm trying not to read anything into. As a two white couple are like <laughs> just enjoying <laughs> the opulence of the meal. Uh-huh. And he's this awkward third wheel now. It's like this mm-hmm. is the first time I think I've watched this movie. I was like, oh, that would kind of suck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he does a really good job though with it. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep. He never tries it on with her or anything. No. He's, a, mm-hmm. he's a gentleman. He really yep. is a gentleman. Look, <laughs> you're like, no, Peter would never out. I'll tell you. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> so Flyboy proposes to Fran but she says nah hell yeah Fran hell yeah you know why she says no because like the next scene <laughs> she he's flipping the TV on and then she flips it off and then he goes back and fucks, fucking flips it back on and just oh, like yeah, stares at her such a jerk he's such that, a jerk I love, I love that bit um, I think yeah, the reason she gives is that it wouldn't be real. Plus, as I said to Veruca, plus he probably just stole those rings from somewhere in the mall. Yeah, <laughs> and he's an asshole. <laughs> he is a dick. Yeah. I do like though. I mean, you raise interesting questions with that stuff. It's like when someone asks you to marry them, it's a big deal for two reasons: one, because society around is judging that as a big deal, and two, because they've invested money in. Well, now they got to pay for a wedding, and they got to buy your ring, and they're investing things you know in your relationship but in a post-apocalyptic world what does a wedding mean you steal the ring Mm -hmm. (laughs) so there's no because money doesn't matter anymore Mm -hmm. and no one cares if you're married or not in a relationship who gives a shit yeah so unless you're religious it's like what is doesn't mean anything anymore like marriage means nothing it was a bit like trying to regain normality a bit Mm -hmm. but yeah like when society doesn't exist anymore like, oh. It gets me asking those questions, which mm-hmm. I like. That's a good zombie film, as if it gets mm-hmm. me asking questions, you know. Mm. Judging, like, how do we live our lives and why is that important? And we mm-hmm. get this wonderful shot, which you can either laugh at or really take to heart. And I, I love it. It's uh, where we get a pan out shot of them in bed, naked, 
just looking so disinterested in everything. I was so confused. Was that supposed to be like a post-sex moment? Or are they just like... Because it kind of seemed like it, but then it kind of didn't seem like it. I read it. So here's the thing. I think because this is the only time you see anybody remotely naked in this film. Yeah. Other than zombies. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's very hard to not take it as a post-sex moment mm -hmm. because we're a couple, we've just had a date scene, we had them proposing, all this yeah. stuff. But I don't think it is. I don't think that's the intention of it at all. Uh -huh. I think the intention is to show everything we're discussing within these montages, which mm -hmm. is once you get everything that you think you want, there's boredom sets in. Yeah. Um, but normally in society, there's other stuff that you want but there's nothing else they can want anymore because society's gone, you know? Mm. So that cycle of, yeah, what capitalism and what the government is kind of relying on you doing to keep society going, uh, and I mean that in a positive way because this is, this is how our society works right now, it's gone. So it's like, okay, well, you can have all that stuff. You can make your world safe. You can make yourself protected. You can take anything you want, but then like we're saying, it means nothing anymore. Yeah. None of that means anything because then you have no challenge. You have no purpose. And you have no desire. And so maybe it's like they're sitting in bed and they would normally have sex, but they never are even going to have sex because yeah. there's no desire there anymore. Yeah. You know? mm. Yeah. That's, well, that's how I read it anyway. But yeah, time has definitely passed because Fran now has a big old bump. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She was four months pregnant originally. I yeah, don't three know how or pregnant four. she's now. But um, yeah. And now the house is like decorated like a house. Yeah. Have like house plants and everything. Yeah. Nice. They have completely said, "Look at you! You look so cozy. happy." Christian. Are you taking the message of this movie on board? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they made a proper little house. Peter's playing tennis against a wall on his own, which he probably does a lot since he's got no one to not have sex with. And then one of, and I love this because yeah, you get all of this normality that they've created, and then one of his tennis balls rolls, falls off the roof, and we pan down, and it's just all. We actually get a dead body that's rotting away first. But then all of this, all of the zombies still out there, yeah. just waiting in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Reality. And it's like, you can ignore it as much as you want, but it's still right at your doorstep. Yeah. And that for me, is that is the most, that shot encapsulates the whole movie for me. Um, I love it. There's still automated recordings on the Tannoy system though, which is advertising like <laughs> sales and items and stuff. You think you'd turn that off during you those think. months? <laughs> So yeah, they're playing cards, gambling huge money that doesn't mean anything anymore, like just hundreds of dollar bills and stuff. And this is when, yeah, the thing you said, Christina, where like, we're turning off the TV and then it just gets oh, yeah. up and walks over. And <laughs> God. It's so stupid. I love it's it. It's so horrible. It's like, really? And then, yeah, Fran just says, what have we done to ourselves? Yeah. Um, and it's true. They're sitting there playing house, all dressed up, you know, and it, it's But he was kind of a pointless. jerk from the beginning. He's done True. multiple jerky things. Sure, he was, but uh, it's more just how what they've done, like that beautiful nest that they've made, you know, like it doesn't mean anything. It's pointless. All they've done is create a prison for themselves that they're kidding themselves. It's nice because they're judging it by the rules that they used to follow, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and they're all miserable. They're clearly all miserable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so I mean, this is where she gets... Yeah, incitement back. And she's like, all right, then I have to be taught how to use the helicopter. Which is lucky because it's just in time. Because on the horizon, sex machine. Tom Savini himself, <laughs> the makeup artist of this film, stuntman of this film, and the guy who plays sex machine in From Dust to Dawn. 
he is the dude with the big moustache. He is leading a huge biker gang mm-hmm. and they're looking for some binoculars and they're realizing that there's people living there in this mall and it's time to go raiding, basically. How do you feel at the introduction? Like, Christina, it seems to me that you're enjoying that they have the nice little safe nest. Yeah, How but it f- was bound to happen, you know. They were there for a fucking long time. They could have cut down on, on the... <laughs> <laughs> on the mall stuff too i mean there's like a lot like mm-hmm. what's gonna happen you know are they gonna move is somebody gonna come so right i figured something like that think, would happen i think it's hard though because the point of it is they do have to get across the mundanity of it to us as well mm-hmm. like we have to kind of feel like the repetition of it in a way so yeah it's a difficult balance yeah, so they get them on the radio and then they're kind of sort of half-heartedly pretending there's only three of the bikers when there's dozens and dozens of them. And this is a real biker gang that they used, of course, because that's how Romero rolls. <laughs> they looked that's really brilliant. cool. That's there were some cool yeah. guys in there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, their outfits were on point. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Can you imagine though, having uh, renting a mall off your friend now and just bringing in biker gangs? That's cars crazy. And- zombies and blood and <laughs> oh god but yeah, our group can immediately tell there's something wrong and there aren't really three of them and they go on the roof and see that dozens and dozens of bikes are coming so they decide all right shut the gates and let's just hide that's their plan and it's a good plan yeah it's a let's great plan mm-hmm. they who gives a shit about them they're just there to raid basically mm-hmm. my boy gives a shit about them that's what the problem <laughs> uh-huh. is uh-huh. well he was he was so bored wasn't he i thought he was he looked quite excited when he was like, you know, mm-hmm. spying on the biker gangs and something to do. Flyboy yeah. can never keep it in his pants. Never. No. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's fucking mayhem. The bikes come into the mall. They manage to break in. They're robbing zombies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. throwing pies in the faces. Yeah. So, and with all goofy music yeah. playing the whole mm-hmm. time. It was pretty uh, goofy. The pies- yeah. yeah, it's very goofy. The pies in the face is, is seen as a nod to Night of the Living Dead when they were coming up with ways to kill the zombies. They had to have a discussion of like, how do we kill the zombies before they came up with a headshot? And someone jokingly, when they were really struggling with ideas, said throwing pies in their face. Oh, so this is man. a nod back to that original idea. <laughs> we get cutaways and yes, stealing. They pick, I like this one shot. We get someone picks up a smart shirt and tie and then just throws it back down in disgust. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> And all would be fine, but Peter and Flyboy are watching, and Flyboy just gets all angry that they're on his turf mm-hmm. in his mall, yep. and then just starts shooting at him for no reason. Yep. Is there? Like he did, he's not incited, he just... He's such an idiot. <laughs> Man. Yeah. It's always the one idiot in your group. I That's know. what fucks up everything. I know, it's true. There always has to be one idiot. Really. <laughs> yep. You've got to pick your friends very well in a zombie apocalypse. I think his his lines were all right, damn it! Now we've got a war. Yeah. So he Peter, kind yeah. of yeah. Yep. So and you you are thinking, well, what can they fucking do? There's like three mm-hmm. of them versus dozens of crazy people mm-hmm. <laughs> and zombies. The bikers aren't shooting the heads of the zombies, so either mm-hmm. they're stupid, which is how would they survive that long, or it's too much of a expensive effect to do the headshots effect. <laughs> That's what I'm guessing. I uh, but we get some cool shots. We get like the machete in the head, which is pretty nasty. I really feel the pain, to be honest, of watching their home get sort of raped and pillaged. I did feel that mm. pain too, but... But? But they could only take so much and you could just clean it up after, you know? 
Mm. Sure. I think this is the thing, though, what's smart about the scene is, yeah, I feel the pain because I think we all have that inherent bit in us of, like, that is territorial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And you've seen them work so hard to make this satisfyingly safe. I know. And theirs. But then it makes you feel kind of... If Romero's working, then he's made you realize by pointing out this isn't the way to be happy like creating mm-hmm. this safe bubble isn't it's not real it's not life you're not living you're just living in the capitalist society bubble that we've mm-hmm. created at this point in our timeline so if he's working here how you should be feeling is the pain of it which is how i was feeling but then also feeling a bit dirty for wanting to hold on to all of these things right but that really is yeah. how i felt it's like oh no they're fucking with all the stuff and the shops yeah. that you get stuff from and all of the stuff but then you feel a bit dirty because it's like, yeah, these aren't the values that should be important to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so but true. I, and that's, I think, smart. I really do. But yeah, Sex Machine follows Peter and sees the ladder that goes up into the, the air ducks. And they shoot Flyboy in the arm, which made me very happy. <laughs> but Peter gets a shot off at Sex Machine. And he does, yeah, he goes flying over that balcony. Uh, this actually hurt Tom Savini. He did this stunt properly, and all oh, they no. put underneath were lots of cardboard boxes what? to catch him. Oh, man. <laughs> now, he's running the stunt, so it's his fault. <gasps> oh, and he God. had to do it twice. One time he was fine. The other time he landed with only his head on the boxes, and his back and legs hit the ground. Uh, and so for the rest of... not I don't think the rest of shooting, but for a few weeks afterwards, he had to be in a little... Uh, like a golf buggy that he would drive around <laughs> and doing all his effects from the golf oh, buggy. Oh man, that's, <laughs> that's horrible. terrible. There's the, in every thing Tom Savini works on, he does it so gorilla that there's always a problem somewhere. <laughs> but he gets cool things. Like pulling a guy's arm off here, which is fucking nasty, and then ripping out intestines. Oh, and God. Like, oh yeah, the intestines were... But like, what was that guy thinking? Like, I'm going to go in here and take a blood pressure test when I'm surrounded by zombies. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> like, like, what? what? I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> when all my friends are like, have left already. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I do love this shot though that we get as the elevator doors open and then Flyboy gets eaten. Like, they're all like reaching in. Yeah. Dozens of zombies just mm-hmm. going for him. Yeah. Probably because I'm just happy to see Flyboy finally die. Mm-hmm. I know. He deserved it. He did. And you get that shot of Peter like standing in the hallway. He can hear like the gunshots going off and, and you can see him going, is Flyboy worth saving? <laughs> and then he decides, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, goes, also because he heard this. Flyboy scream. So I mm. feel like that gave him like yeah. the, you know, confirmation that he was bit. A couple times. Well, he's just smart. Like, Peter is smart. He's smart, man. Yeah, mm. he's, he's great. Not gonna do, he'll do nice things as long as it's smart. And when it's not smart, like, no. why? Would, like, he's clearly either dead or wounded. Yeah. And you going back just means you're going to be in danger too. And then Fran probably won't have any help. So she'll yeah. probably die as well because you all need to stick together. Mm-hmm. He's Peter's just, great. He's nice when it's smart. He's the best, yeah. man. <laughs> really. <laughs> he's pretty cool. He's pretty so cool. cool. Do, you like him, do you like him more than Ben from Night of the Living Dead? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm. okay. I do. Well, because Peter also doesn't punch punch women. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. That aren't zombies. Don't force me to sound like a terrible person by saying I, mean, I like that Ben punched Barbara. Because <laughs> I do. He did but try to abort what? a baby, but... <laughs> 
he offered. He didn't try to. He was, they didn't wake up at night and he's like <laughs> oh my God. down there operating. <laughs> that would be a completely different horror film. Oh, man. To be clear, I do not like people punching women. What I liked about Ben doing it is that all rules were off the table. It's like anybody can punch anybody in that film, and that's what I like. Didn't matter race or sex or anything. Um, so, yes, it's getting to daybreak. Uh, Peter is up there with Fran. They're hiding in their little room, and they're deciding to leave. The mall is now completely overrun with zombies because the biker gang let them all in. Um, but... Flyboy, the doors open on the elevator, and we get this cool shot of Flyboy zombie down. Mm-hmm. And he looks pretty cool, I think. Yeah, he was the best zombie. Like, his movements were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he nearly trips over. He's very lanky. He's better mm-hmm. as a zombie than a human. Yes, that was my <laughs> note, too. He made a much better zombie than a smarter, human. Smarter, definitely smarter as a zombie. <laughs> Yes, that is yeah. true because he does what you said right at the beginning, Christina. That thing they've been hitting you over the head with, these zombies go back to the places that they know best. Mm-hmm. He leads them instinctively to the hidden staircase. Um, and he has a whole team of zombies with him, including a zombie girl who's got a lollipop stuck in her hair, I think. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> um, yeah, and here's where we get that zombie from earlier who's still carrying the rifle. Yeah. I love it. Such a cool little touch. So Peter's telling Fran, just leave because he doesn't want to go. Now. Oh, why give up now, Peter? <laughs> like, don't you think Fran's going to need some help? I mean, if you're not doing it for yourself, yeah. just do it for her. So it was so. I it was does shocked. feel a little bit forced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels a tiny bit forced to have that moment at the end. I, the depression I don't see in him quite enough you know mm-hmm. but yeah like i do but i like it on paper i just don't think they've earned it necessarily right uh, yeah he shoots flyboy as soon as he comes in and then all the zombies come piling in so he goes into a little room she heads up to the chopper and then he takes out the smallest gun in the entire world <laughs> <laughs> did they not have anything but someone had a water pistol on set so they painted it black I'm like what the fuck is going on there? well because he was just you know all he needed that gun for was just to kill himself Sure, mm. but like they have access to many guns at the jungle store. <laughs> Surely, they- <laughs> anyway, uh, he goes to commit suicide, and then at the last second changes his mind, and proper A team music kicks in here. Mm-hmm. It's like it's Hero victory, music. like dun, dun, dun. Yeah. and you you were sitting next to me, and you just went America, <laughs> 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 and he just starts uh-huh. kicking ass. He's like doing almost like flying kicks at the zombies, <laughs> and he's just it's like a weird 70s action film suddenly mm-hmm. and he comes up to the roof Fran begins to see him just as she's taken off um, there's this cool moment where then he exchanges guns with the rifle zombie and then it picks up a, his gun and starts holding that one instead um, and then he climbs into the chopper and they fly off the sun is rising and he says to her how much fuel do we have she says not much he does a little smile as only Peter could do <laughs> he says alright and off they go as zombies are gathering on the roof and then credits play to silly, silly music. Yay! <laughs> so... Wow. I thought that I thought it was a great ending. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Was it the ending you thought? Because, I mean, no. Night of Living Dead, depressing ending. Yeah, no, it was not the ending I thought mm-hmm. was going to happen. Did you, did you think they were all going to die or one of them? Like, how do you think it was going to... You know, I... I maybe because I wanted... Francine and Peter to survive. 
that I just thought that they were going to survive together. I thought it was just going to be them two left. Um, but I right. did not think it was going to end with je- them just, you know, with, with it being so open at the end. Yeah. Mm. What about you, Haruka? You said you thought the girl would luck out. You were right yeah. there. But, but Peter I thought wasn't. it would just be the woman who would survive. Yeah. I didn't expect such a victorious you know ending ending <laughs> but i did read online that there was an alternative ending mm-hmm. mm. that's a bit mm-hmm. more <laughs> depressing do you know that do you know this one do you want to say it no you say it <coughs> do you have the details for mm. it i do have you don't want to you don't want to talk about your alternative ending <laughs> should, I, should i read it out yeah, I guess tell so. me. yeah the alternative it. ending was according to the original screenplay peter and francine were to kill themselves oh peter by shooting himself and fran by sticking her head into the path of the rotating main helicopter blades oh. the ending credits would run over a shot of the helicopter <laughs> no. blades turning until the engine winds down implying that the two would not have gotten far if they had chosen to escape anyway uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would have been like yeah i would have expected that kind of ending more than yeah. the one we got so uh, the problem with that is like yeah so like well yeah it's too pro- uh, the problem with that really is that it's not <sighs> the ending of night of living dead it's not committing suicide you know committing mm-hmm. suicide is just okay it's a miserable ending right um maybe a more realistic ending but it doesn't say anything whereas the ending of the first one you know had a lot to say and it was kind of defying Mm-hmm. Uh, many expectations. Um, now, the, the weird thing with this ending is both Tom Savini and his assistant say that this scene was in fact filmed, whereas Romero is adamant that it wasn't filmed. Right. Um, Interesting. But in Document of the Dead, which is a feature film-length documentary about the making of this film, uh, mostly made by these art house film students, it's hilariously pretentious. I highly recommend everyone <laughs> watches it. Uh, it came out in 1985, even though it was shot at the time of this movie. Uh, Romero clearly states in that documentary that they did, in fact, shoot this alternate ending, uh, but they didn't shoot the effect shot of, like, the blades and the head and stuff. Um, And the ending was mostly changed because Romero had started dating a lady who would end up becoming his wife who was involved with these and would actually help with casting for the next film because she went to school with one of them called Christine Forrest. And she thought that they needed to give a little bit more hope with mm-hmm. the ending of this film. <laughs> yes. Um, because let's just be clear, 93 deaths are filmed in this movie. Jeez. 17 wow. humans and 76 zombies. There's a lot of dead people. Yeah, there's a lot of dead people. Um, I do yeah. prefer this ending. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I love the, lo- I love the last speaking, like the last lines. I love that. Well, we don't have much gas. And he's just like, all right. Yeah. It's just a, let's just see where we go then. See yeah, I was going to kill myself anyway, so whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Still got my let's tiny, tiny gun, so let's uh, <laughs> head on out. All right, so there's a few things about this film and its post, which I just want to say, which I think is kind of interesting. Uh, to save money, Romero had all of the 35 millimeter film stock developed to 16 millimeter film stock and used that to work with in the edit. And then after he had finished editing the film, he then got just the stuff that were used in the film to be turned back into 35 millimeter for master reels, which is essentially doing what you do nowadays in the digital age. But he was doing it in a creative way just to save money back then, which I thought was pretty cool. Hmm. 
Upon finishing the film, the MPAA told Romero that they were going to impose an X rating if he didn't make cuts. Uh, Romero's Romero and said, no, I don't want to make any fucking cuts. So he fought with them until he eventually managed to convince them to release it uncut. But it came with a disclaimer during trailers that had to state, while there is no explicit sex in the film, no one under 17 is admitted to see this movie. Because... That, that was the rule. Like normally if it was like no one under 17, that meant this is a porn film and they didn't want to, people to think that that's what this was. Mm. Uh, it was banned in Australia until 1986, mm. nearly 10 years. Wow. Uh, it was oh, cut geez. and edited in almost every other country that it was released in, especially my home country. Yeah. Haruka, I told you I was going to tell you how much. There's a lot of extras on this film. Yeah. Lots mm-hmm. of zombies. Yes. Do you want to know how much they were paid? I want to, I want to tell you. Oh, you know? Yeah. Ooh. Do it. Guess Tell Haruka. Us. I don't know, like 10 quid, $10, $15, They Okay. They were paid with a Dawn of the Dead t-shirt and Ooh. lunchbox. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> That's it. And, and, and 20 bucks. They got 20 bucks. Oh, they oh. did? 20 bucks. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right then. They got a little t-shirt <laughs> that they could have. But apparently, they were wild ones, and they got drunk every night and had a lot of fun. So <laughs> it was worth it. And I guess a couple wow. of them crashed one of the golf carts. So, yes. <laughs> you know. Wow. Proud of you. Proud of you reading up. <laughs> was that the thing you, was that the one thing you're like, I need to know how much these extras are making? <laughs> 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 Yeah, Romero has said a few things just to do with the law. Like in this film, the world is meant to be split evenly with the population of zombies to humans. It's meant to be 50 50 um, in um. this film. And this is the only film in Romero's dead series where a character says the word zombie. Mm-hmm. Mm. A reporter previously did in Night of the Living Dead, but not an actual character, not, not one that we're seeing on scene. So he made that, he made that word. No, no. So other films were using zombie by this point. He just didn't want to use that word. Mm-hmm. Oh. Very much. Because, yeah, they didn't. Well, yeah, because there was another film. I remember when we did the list of horror films out that year, when Night Living Dead, there was one that called zombie. It's just zombie was seen as something very different. Like oh, zombies were around. They were just seen as these voodoo things. It was mm, very different. Okay, okay. So you could say he bastardized what zombies were mm-hmm. meant to be and created a new law for it. Um, but how did the film do when it came out? So we already said it made a lot of money. Rodden Tomatoes reports that 93% of its 40 surveyed critics gave the film a positive review with an average of 8.6 out of 10. Wow. Roger Ebert, as you might remember from a Night of Living Dead pre- podcast, had said that Night was the worst film he had ever seen. And then when it got accolades in Europe, he turned around on it and said, oh, it's not so bad. Uh, <laughs> this time, I think he decided to get on, on it early. So he called Dawn, <laughs> quote, one of the best horror films ever made (laughs) while still saying it's gruesome, sickening, disgusting, violent, brutal, and appalling. But nobody (laughs) ever said that art had to be in good taste. Mm. Uh, And I think that's maybe where he's sort of changed. He's realized, oh, these things don't mean it's terrible necessarily. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cine Fantastique praised the film, calling it a broader version of night, a savage, if tongue in cheek attack on the foibles of modern society. Uh, but there were people who didn't like it. New York Times critic Janet Maslin claimed she walked out after 15 minutes. NBC's Today called it Yawn of the Living Dead. <laughs> uh, they knew good. it was smart. 
Yeah, Variety wrote, Dawn pummels the viewer with a series of ever more grisly events that make Tom Savini the real star of the film. The mm. actors are as woodenly uninteresting as the characters that they play. They obviously um, did not watch harsh. the crazies. <laughs> <laughs> Since then, the movie has become one of the most lauded horror films of all time. The New York Times uh, listed it in the best 1,000 movies ever made. Uh, not just horror movies. No. Uh, and it's on many, 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 many lists as obviously in the top horror movies of all time. And it was remade in 2004 by Zack Snyder. That was actually his debut film, mm-hmm. feature film. And we'll be talking about that at some point way in the future when we get to some of these remakes. We're not sure when. Next year. I have seen that one and it's very different, isn't it? It's very different. Yeah. Very. I mean, it, there's a mall. Yes, but that's <laughs> about uh, the only... That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> That is about it. Mm. Okay. So, ladies, how are you both feeling about Dawn of the Dead? And knowing that it was seven years till the next one, Day of the Dead, came out, what are you hoping for? Where's he going to go next? Uh, Let's start with Haruka. So, I really didn't like it at first, and it took me a very long time to get on board with it. But once I did, I really enjoyed the ride. I still think Crazies was a better film. No! Personally. Just no! Stop it! <laughs> I like the crazies. <laughs> it was more contained. It was more like small. I do yeah, gotta it was contained say, to one room of people shouting at each other. I do gotta say, I pulled a lot more quotes from the crazies than I did this, right. this one. Yes, this one was lacking. Well, they had, it's, it had some like great quotes, but yeah. not f- as many funny quotes. Yes, yes, yes. Which is something I really enjoyed about the crazies. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was really fun and you know, clearly set up the zombie post apocalyptic zombie film genre we know today. You know, the biker gang bit was very like Walking Dead and the Rose and all that. And so I can see how, you know, groundbreaking it was when it came out. Yeah. And I'd like to see more zombies in the future, please. Thank you. And what? But you just want bigger with the next one, then, or no? Not necessarily. But you said more zombies. Yes, zombies would be great. But okay, so I'd like to see because what's really interesting for me about these films is that the main focus is on the characters' psychological journeys and stuff. So this one, I thought it was a bit too gory, maybe. Ooh. Because I'm not that interested in gore. I don't mind it, but if he can keep pushing that human drama side of it, that would be good, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Christina, did you like the crazies more? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can still be friends. <laughs> I actually really like this one a lot. It's So far, it's my favorite one. I mean, I do like the original because it was black and white and it was pretty cool, but... I had a lot more fun with, uh, with uh, Dawn of the Dead. I thought the acting was way better than any of the other films we've seen. Really? <laughs> I really enjoyed the main characters, and Francine was the best female lead so far. And the effects were better, except the blue faces. <laughs> that was the only thing that was You don't was want blue faces weird. with the next film? I mean, you know what? It probably would have looked really great if it was in black and white again. Yes, that's what I thought as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That'd be interesting, actually. I'd like to watch this film in black and white. Mm. The zombies would probably cool. look really, really good, right? Yeah. 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 It's true. And I absolutely loved the mall life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> look at you. You look so happy. It was just so fun for me. Uh, and the only thing is, is that I thought it was just too long for, for my attention span. Mm-hmm. It could have been an hour shorter. An hour shorter? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Maybe okay, fine. At least thirty minutes. Come on, like two and a half hours. They could have trimmed a lot from the beginning, yeah. from that uh, newsroom, and they could have trimmed a lot from the mall. Like it could have, like I get it, you know. Okay. Just snap it up a little bit. <laughs> okay, and where do you where do you want? Oh. Like, do you want another internal location, or do you want to go outside, or what do you want? You know, do you want to be following them? Like, I enjoyed this one so much that I'm just so open to what's going to come next. Makes me happy, Christina, because yeah. you were not happy after the crazies. No. You were upset with me for dragging you into this. Yeah, <laughs> and it's interesting, like when you see something like that that you don't really like, that's hard to watch you know exactly what you want from the next movie. But when you see something yeah. that is, you know, enjoyable, it just makes you just like open for the ride. Yeah. Like so. what are you gonna what are you gonna do next? Yeah. I will I mean absolutely no spoilers and who knows what's gonna defy. You may not enjoy anything more than this. No. So, <laughs> you might do. But you may not. I mean like I say, this is the beloved one for sure. This is the one that is definitely the most uh the most fan <laughs> we mm. still have four more to go <laughs> Ow. you did this to yourself christina <laughs> sympathy. yeah i i've seen this one many 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 times i i've always loved it it's i appreciate this is the thing it's like i have a long conversations and i tried at one point uh, i have a friend called tom who is a bassist for my band and we started this podcast together many years ago and we watch a lot of horror films and he's always hated the romero dead films and i've always argued with him about it and he hates this film he hates it so much because he can't get over he thinks yes it's boring he thinks it's stupid the comedy doesn't work the zombies aren't scary yes the face paint looks stupid and I agree with him. That's the thing on all of those points. But that's not the movie that Romero is making here. And it's not the movie he's interested in making here. Like, this isn't a horror movie. I don't, I mean, yeah, there is violence here that is still quite shocking, I think. But it's not like it's there to punctuate things and to comment or to make you laugh. It's not there to scare you, I don't think. And for me, this movie works, yeah, as an adventure ensemble, basically, you know. It's got drama, it's got some politics, it's got some action, it's got, yeah, some violence. It's, it, I, and it, for me, for me, I completely understand what you're saying, Christina. I completely get why even people enjoy this film think it's too long. For me, it's not. Like, for me, like, it works because it feels epic. For me, because I get to see every stage of what they're going through, it makes it special. And because, yeah, that does get a bit boring. Although, for me, the boring bits are my favorite bits and it's the action I'd probably cut down. But it, it makes it stand out from other films because you see the full process. And if it was shorter, you wouldn't get to really see that full process, maybe. And we'll see that, like, yeah, when we get to that remake eventually. You'll see they don't, you know, that's shorter. Uh, and it mm. pops a lot more, but you don't get that commentary then. And you mm -hmm. don't really care about the characters as much because mm. you're not with them through every step, you know. And I do feel this is a rare thing of it's an epic film. 
And they could have used that money to much better effect if they had just made this an hour and a half film. But Romero's interested in that. He's interested in big, huge, epic ideas. And I love this movie a whole bunch. I really do. It's very different from the first one, so it's hard for me to compare them. The first one will always have a more special place in my heart just because that's the film, like I told the story on that episode, that changed me with filmmaking. But yeah, I think this is a fantastic, fun ride. And I'm glad that I still enjoy it. And I'm glad at least they both didn't hate it. Like that was honestly my worry. It was like, oh man, if they hate Dawn of the Dead, whew, this is going to be a tough ride. <laughs> <laughs> because next week... We're going to be back uh, with Day of the Dead. And this is the film that Romero, that's all I'm going to leave you with. He he left it as, uh, he was trying to make, quote, Gone with the Wind with zombies. That's what he was trying to do. Should I watch Gone uh, with the Wind before I watch it? No, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> because mm, mm, he may or may not have succeeded. Yeah, we're going to go much bigger budget. Um, and we are going to go very different in many, many ways. Uh, but we'll talk about that next Friday. Until then, you can help us out by supporting us because we do all of this because we're crazy um, and we're not doing adverts. We're not doing sponsorship. So just head on over to weirdgeeks.com, weirdgeeks.com, and you can branch out to all of our social medias and to, most importantly, this podcast on iTunes or on your app. Just go look at Weird Geeks. And you should be able to subscribe to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel where you'll just get these episodes of all of our Horror Friday shenanigans or Weird Geeks movie channel. You'll get all the movie stuff or Weird Geeks to get everything or just Geeks to get our topical show where we talk about video games and movies almost every single week. And we just did a big Infinity War review with spoilers and not spoilers, which, yeah. Uh, Haruka was on that. And what else can you do? If you're on weirdgeeks.com, then you might as well patch on out to our publisher. We are Tessellate, and they are a production company run out of London, LA, and Tokyo, where we make feature films, short films, music stuff, videos, albums, and video games coming up in the future. And we talk about all of those projects on our personal stuff and also on the podcast, Geeks. I am your host, Al White. You can follow me, Mr. Al White, M-R-A-L-W-H-I-T-E, on all the social medias and on Xbox if you want to play some spooky games with me. Haruka. Yes, I'm uh, Ruka.Haruka on Instagram and Haruka.Abe on Twitter. Christina. Hi, I am (laughs) at underscore hi, Christina on Instagram and Twitter. I like your branding. Is that a new thing when you come in with the high? And then no, it, leads I just, into the high? <laughs> it just happened. I like it. I like it. Thank you for joining us. We've appreciated it. And ladies, I hope you're still around at the end of next week uh, when we will see you for Day of Dead. I'm Rep. Geeks. Geeks. Geeks.